Yo, what's up, everyone? G Money Stacks here. You may remember me from shows like Off the Meat Rat Chains, New York Avenue podcast, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, Sports Edition show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show. I'm here to talk to you at home about Spotify for podcasters. Why are you wasting and struggling with your money on a hosting site to promote your show with limited storages? Forget about it. Let's break this down. If you are a current Anchor user, don't worry about the changes. Everything will be the same with added new features. Spotify for Podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, is a free hosting site and phone app that gives you old and new creation tools, also provides free hosting with access to record, upload videos from podcast episodes, edit, add music to your show, monetize, Q&A questions, polls, distribute your podcast on streaming platforms tracking analytics plus the show's growth audience from international places canada usa international including long island and the five boroughs of new york and much more you can get money from sponsorship with no minimum listenership spotify for podcasters also offers hosting and a way to upload podcast videos to attract listeners also keep track of the number number of streams these are the important keys to making a podcast if you like to create a podcast and be a guest co-host like myself you can download the free spotify for podcasters app on your iphones android phones ipads android tablets apple mac and dell laptops with windows or check out the website for more information to get a head start on your podcast journey at www.podcasters.spotify.com. If I can reach success, so can you. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. I'm G Money Stacks, aka The Greginator. Thank you for listening to me and the podcast. Let's go.
Yo, hey, good evening, USA, International, Canada, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most misunderstood, lonely nomad, unstoppable, independent podcaster, Queens, New York native, representing Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out with me and along with with tuning in and listening to the 265th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains New York Avenue podcast, live and direct from StreamYard alongside with YouTube and aside myself, it's the podcast, Instagram, Instagram live feed. Make sure you turn your notifications so you could be in the know on which um, I'm going to drop each episode. And, of course, be sure to um, turn on your notifications so you can know when I'm going to be dropping some questions. And it's a story, highlights, and some posts. Now, I did explain in the last episode I just recorded um, the reason why I added Avenue on there. If you if you didn't know, um, if you didn't know, um, I actually added a word to the title of the podcast. So I explained, I explained it in episode 264. So, so go ahead and check that out. And in the meantime, if you are new to the channel and you miss any previous, any new and previous episodes, don't worry. Everything's all downloaded to the channel, to the channel page and all that great stuff. And, and to be sure to, um, if you want to support this support this podcast, of course, you're more than welcome to actually go to the Cash App, which is G Money Stacks 555. That's dollar sign G Money G Capital G lowercase M O N E Y Capital S lowercase T A C K Z Triple Five. All right. You don't need to be from a rich family. All you need to do is do do the best you can on whatever amount you choose to donate that you are comfortable with, that you desire will be appreciated. So there you go right there. All right. Now that I got that out the way, let's get to, let me just remind people about the, about um where you could catch up and stuff on of course youtube included why don't you go ahead and grab that that subscribe button on the youtube channel page of g money stacks triple five tap the noni noni bell alongside with um alerts so you can be reminded when the show goes on the air via live stream along with the date time and and reminder of when the live stream of the podcast episode is going to start. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes. Be sure to be sure to um, you know comment on the topics that's being discussed. Um, download the episodes. Listen, stream, watch the episodes, and of course. And of course, you know, share the episodes, share the videos, whatsoever. Um, and I'll just and I'll just um 
remind people to tell a friend to another friend and alongside with um spread the word word of mouth is important and i'll handle the rest at the end of the show so there you go right there all right um let me see let me see um let me see something here so because it's mental health awareness month um because it's mental health awareness month um i'm gonna actually start with um a little mental health check-in right here man so let's get into it right here and today's mental health check-in topic is going to be about mind stability And of course, shout out to the live streamer from um Pokature Sweet Dreams for suggesting this topic, mind stability. I'm going to touch on that right now. So at before I get into that, how I'm feeling mentally, physically, and spiritually, you ask. Overall, mentally, physically, and spiritually, I am doing all right. Um, despite the fact that um, my rhythm of my podcasting schedule has been a little off, but I am slowly, slowly getting it, getting it back slowly. You know what I'm saying? So, so my, st- my stability, here we go. Okay. What is my stability? You ask. Okay. So, and this is from um, AM. AMFMtreatment.com. So here it is. So ways mental mental stability can affect your happiness. Of course, stabilizing your mental health can mean a variety of different things for every individual every individual you may encounter. But what everyone can agree upon is that the ultimate goal of stabilizing your mental health is to manifest a better, more fulfilling, and overall healthier quality of life. And who doesn't want that? Stabilizing your mental health can also unfortunately be difficult if circumstances such as genetics, brain chemicals, or unfortunate and difficult events are present in an individual's brain or life. Whether societies want to face it or not, the the overall happiness and sense of well-being of of the average person is incredibly more dependent on their emotional health and mental stability than on any other factor even money or material possession so of course one would eventually come to the conclusion that the stabilizing your mental health should come before anything else and that it has a direct correlation with someone's daily sense of happiness for without a sound mind, you really won't be able to participate in life to your fullest your fullest capability. Um, before I keep going, man, I want to um, remind y'all um, that I added the, a word to the podcast um, show. It's still the same show. I just added a word, just a little reminder so you don't have to worry about the confusion. I it's still the same show. Just wanted to um, express that. All right. So, as Clark Layard 
importantly states in his book, Thrive, The Power of Psychological Therapy, mental pain is as real as physical pain. It is experienced in the same areas of the brain as physical pain and is often more disabling. Yet these two types of pain are not treated equally. Um, while nearly everyone who is physically ill gets treatment, two in three of those who are mentally ill do not. If your bone is broken, you are treated automatically. But if your spirit is broken, you are not. Layered R. Clark. Um, yeah. Um, DM. 2015 thrive the power of psychological therapy penguin books but what exactly does it mean to be made to to be mentally stable and possibly more in interestingly what is and what causes mental instability um it seems to me that when people are more mentally stable their social lives thrive they feel a general and more frequent sense of well-being some would even consider mental stability synonymous with being without or having an absence of mental illness. Adversely, when someone is deemed mentally unstable by society, it in general means that their mood, feelings, and or actions are constantly unpredictable. Hello, oxymoron. Ha <laughs> ha, damn. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's rightfully assumed that these in individuals are not as happy overall because they are less able to organize, collect, or trust their own thoughts, actions, and feelings. They very, the very symptoms of the label of being mentally unstable. This is very often due to some type of mental illness, such as an addiction, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, which I just covered last episode, personality disorders, and much more. So yes, mental stability is linked with the absence of mental illness, such as bipolar disorder, depression, um, anxiety, addiction, and eating disorders, amongst many more human psychological maladies. Sometimes physical unevenness can also be caused by devastating or challenging um, circumstances that are brought upon an individual, um, which of course is a part of every person's life. Being mentally stable and becoming mentally stable, if one is feeling in, imbalanced, can mean different, more specific things for everyone. What signs are linked with being mentally stable? Generally, people who are considered mentally um, stable and emotionally healthy have a number of positive traits in common. Signs that someone is mentally and emotionally stable. A sense, a sense of being in control of their personal thoughts and actions, which is what mental stability is. So a sense of general well-being, um, friends and family are generally 
confident in the individual's ability to care for themselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. They are able to stay consistent and pre present in their work, family, and social lives. They have hobbies that they enjoy and that fulfill them. They have a, a loving, nurturing, and supportive relationships in their lives. They are free from being consumed or controlled by a substance or a behavioral addiction. They contain a fairly exceptional set of coping skills in which assist them in dealing with troubling emotions or troubling situations that may ar arise in their life. Each mental illness that can cause someone to be mentally unstable has its own distinct and specific um, symptoms. However, some signs that someone is not mentally stable include emotionally turbulent days filled with perhaps tumultuous ups and downs, reliance on addictive substances, exhibitions of addiction or eating disordered behaviors, excessive worrying, problems concentrating, appearing easily angered or irritable, increased or decreased appetite, legal troubles, at the end of the day, saying that someone is mentally unstable is is usually just the same as saying someone is struggling. This term shouldn't be used with a negative connotation because it's important that we treat mental, emotional, and spiritual illnesses with the same conviction and determination that we treat physical sickness in this country, just as Clark Layler states in the excerpt above. Man, come on. Give me a break, man. Like, really? Really, though? Really, though? Listen, man. If someone is if someone is struggling, it means that you're... It means if someone is basically struggling with their mental health, right, that means they're mentally unstable. That means they're not really themselves. That's what that means. It's not really... Well, yeah. I wouldn't really say it's a negative connotation because you hear you hear that all the time. So, so why why are we overly sensitive about the phrase mentally unstable? Like, come on, give me a break. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, with a stable with a stable in mind, a stable and more fulfilled life will undoubtedly follow. Um, so. Um, how do happiness, happiness and mental stability relate in social terms? Every person we meet, every encounter we have in our relationships is simply a reflection of ourselves and our emotional, mental, and spiritual place. When you are mentally stable and in control of your thoughts and actions, able to trust yourself and have a generally high sense of self-competence and self-confidence. You are better able to create, establish, and maintain a larger and deeper variety of stable human relationships and connections. You are able to trust others because you can trust yourself. Your relationships are more stable because your mind is more stable and more set on the grounds of reality um, rather than sporadic and perhaps imbalanced brain chemicals that cause a warped perception and view of the world. We are social creatures. If something 
like bipolar disorder, anxiety, depression, or addiction is getting in the way of our ability to healthily relate to other people, there can be grave consequences on the state of our contentment in life. As Breen Brown, author of Gifts of Imperfection, states in in an article for FastCompany.com, as members of social species, we derive strength not from our rugged individualism, but from our collective ability to plan, communicate, and work together. Our neural, hormonal, and genetic makeup makeup um, support interdependence over independence. When we are suffering from a mental illness um, or when we are going through a period of time that is overwhelming us, we are sometimes gravely unable to relate to others, communicate well with others, and stay present in our relationships. It has been proven over and over that humans are social creatures, more more powerful and efficient in numbers and consistently hungry for for the endorphins released when we um, receive physical or emotional affection from another person. If mental if mental instability is often linked to our brain chemicals going haywire or not firing correctly in general, this can cause an inability to be present in our lives and relationships and can largely alter our perception of our realities. It is evident that our struggle with a psychological um, roller coaster will affect our overall happiness. A word on becoming more mental, mentally stable. It is important that when you or someone you know is struggling with feeling mentally unstable due to mental illness or a period of severe trouble, the troubled individual seeks professional help. With a stable mind comes a healthy and balanced mind, more fulfilling relationships, the ability to be present in activities, a realistic perspective, better self-efficacy and self-esteem, and therefore a healthier and more balanced life. Perhaps um, behavioral therapy will work for balancing out some individuals in particular situations for others Medication may be the key to achieving more strength and security in their mental processes. For many, however, it is a combination of methods of both scientific and environmental changes that must be made in order for someone to reach their optimal state of thinking, feeling, acting, and being. Okay, that was mind stability. That was mind stability. Um... So there it is right there. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Now we go to the NTA making, making, um, making everybody happy as far as like trying to get passengers to the Mets game. That's going to be our next, our next um, segment right here is the New York mass transit files. Here it is.
All right, let me give a shout out to somebody that's in the chat right here. Um, must get sconed. Here we go. Thank you for viewing this. Um, okay, so, um, speaking of Mets baseball, um, so, um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Yes, so baseball is back in the best way. Hold on a second. Yeah, baseball is back, and the best way to get to the game is by taking mass transit while while the Mets and Yankees spent their the offseason signing and trading new players. The team at New York City Transit was making changes we hope will send customer satisfaction over the fences. Um okay, so here's what we have here. Here's what we got. So here's what we got here. Um yeah, so first up, we initiated a deal with our labor partners to bring subway station agents out of booths and into the station environment. They've been on the move for the last two weeks, helping customers navigate the system and utilize OMNY. Omni, yeah, Omni, um, which is One Metro New York is what it stands for. For those of you who don't know what that is, One Metro New York. It's a better role. It's a better role for our knowledgeable staff who can now literally meet New Yorkers where they are. Feel free to stop and ask customer service agents, easy to spot in yellow vest, a question on your way to or from the game. Um, yes. Riders have another new resource in our customer service centers, nine of which are now open around the clock in stations across the city, including at 161st, 161st Street Yankee Stadium Station and Flushing Main Street on the 7th. We expect to open an additional six locations by the end of the year. It's part of a larger focus on stations in general, how we can make them a more welcoming and safe place. The Mets and Yankees treat their stadiums like temples, and we are looking looking to do the same with our stations. That's what the station renovations program is all about. We just announced plans to refurbish another 13 stations this spring, bringing the system wide total to 34 stations now currently receiving cosmetic upgrades and repairs like repairs things like replacing tile repainting and deep cleaning the entire station from top to bottom
Yeah, fans heading to the game should notice renewed stations on the B and D lines in the Bronx and along the seven in Queens. And as I mentioned in this space last month, we've been sprucing up and reopening bathrooms as another amenity for riders. The best incentive to take mass transit, though, is strong service, and we are knocking that out of the park. Subway service is the best it's been in a decade, with on-time performance above 85%, for those, no, excuse me, for two straight months. On buses, service delivery hit 96% in February, a major improvement, and access to ride is breaking records all the time. Double AR is performing so well that we're actually in the process of tightening the time frame we use to measure on-time performance because we know we can do even better for paratransit customers. No matter your no matter your mode of choice, you deserve a grand slam experience heading to ballparks and beyond this spring, and that's exactly what the 49,000 women and men in New York City, New York, New, excuse me, New York City tra- Transit's line up are excited to deliver. So, yeah, there you have it right there. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Um. Okay, we need to get into all right, we need to get into some stuff. Um Okay, so Drake is upset because of the AI shit. So we need to get into it right here right now. So let's get into Let's get into chatting on the jazz right here, man. Okay, um, and this is from Insider right here. So, an AI-generated cover of Drake rapping Ice Spice's song Munch went viral this week. Drake spoke out against the cover 
in an Instagram stories post on Friday. Universal Music Group asked streaming service to block AI companies from accessing its music. Top editors give you the stories you want delivered right to your inbox each, each weekday. Drake spoke out after an AI-generated cover song featured his voice rapping Ice Spice's breakthrough song, Munch. On Friday, the Rich Flex rapper shared his thoughts in a now-deleted Insta story addressing the AI cover song, which has gone viral, gone viral across social media. In the cover, Drake's AI-generated voice can be heard saying, bitches ain't bad, let's keep it a bean. No, they met, they be mad that I be on the scene. Ass too fat, can't fit in no jeans. <laughs> you can't, you was my, you was my, you was my stitch, but it's not, it's not what it seems. This is the final straw AI, um, Drake wrote. Um, <laughs> it's not the first time Drake's voice has been mimicked in AI um, cover songs in recent weeks, including a version of Cardi B's WAP and Bryson Tiller's Don't. The trend has become especially popular on TikTok, where an AI-generated cover of Drake singing um, OMG by K-pop group New Jeans has 454,600 likes and 2.4 million views. Other celebrities like Rihanna have also been impersonated with AI-generated covers, like a cover song using her her voice to um, sing Beyonce's Cuff It. Oh, boy. That's... Wow. 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 Wow, this is crazy, man. This is really crazy. And yeah, I don't blame I don't blame Drake for this though, man. You know what I mean? Okay, this right there sounds terrible. AI-generated cover songs flood the internet, Universal Music. Um, let me see. Yeah, univer yeah, Universal Music Group took a stance on Thursday by asking streaming sites like Spotify and Apple Music to block AI companies from using his using its music with the with the technology. We have a moral and commercial responsibility to our artists to work to prevent the unauthorized use of their music and, and to stop platforms from ingesting content that violates the rights of artists and other creators. 
a UMG spokesperson's told Financial Times, we expect our platform partners will want to prevent their services from being used in ways that harm artists. Um, veteran music and copyright lawyer Alexander Ross told insiders Barnaby Lane that the AI-generated cover songs could be illegal if they have pinched the instrumental or part of from the original Beyonce recording. That's copyright infringement in a number of ways. Ross said, "You've stolen part of the of the recording and you've distributed it, communicated it." with the public. There are all sorts of grounds for infringement proceedings there. In other Drake news, in other Drake news, this is weird and crazy actually. Um, and this is from um, theverge.com. A certain type of music has been inescapable on TikTok in recent weeks. Clips of famous musicians covering other artists' songs. Um, covering other artists' songs with combinations that that read like someone hit the random random night. Hold on. Randomize the button. There's Drake. There's Drake covering singer-songwriter collab. Um, Kobe. Um, Kalat, Michael Jackson covering The Weeknd, and Pop Smoke, um, late great Pop Smoke covering Ice Spices in in her in her mood. The artists don't actually perform the songs; they are all generated using artificial intelligence tools, and the resulting videos have raked up tens of millions of views. From Jared Chavez, a college student in Florida, the jump from messing around with AI tools one night to having a widely viral hit came in late March. He posted a video featuring Drake, Kendrick Lamar, and, and Ye, formerly known as uh, Kanye West, singing um, um, Fakashi G. No Carte, a theme song of an anime series. Uh, it's collected more than 12 million views in the month since. <sighs> wow. Yeah, no one, yeah, it's <sighs> okay. Um, so Chavez has been generating um, new clips at a steady rate since then, getting millions more views, dozens of videos by running a cap acapella versions of songs through AI models um, that are trained to sound like the most recognizable um, musicians in the world. TikTok loves them, and they are cheap quick and simple to, to make i was very surprised at how easy it was right out right out of the ai it sounds pretty good it sounds real chavez says of the process it's honestly kind of scary how easy these things are to do so far platforms haven't removed chavez's videos but the threats could be 
coming soon if big artists and labels can figure out how to stop them. Music industry power players are already getting um, other AI-generated music pulled from streaming services by signing copyright infringement, but that argument is far from straightforward. Legal experts say there's no precedent for whether real Drake can stop robot Drake on the basis of copyright, and yet copyright has once again become the most effective way to yank something off the internet that someone doesn't like. It's easy to use copyright as a as a cudgel in this kind of circumstance to go after new creative content that you feel like crosses some kind of line, even if you don't have a really strong legal basis for it because of how strong the copyright system is. Nick Garcia, Policy Council at Public Knowledge says, that's the case with perhaps the most notable AI-generated song so far heart on my sleeve which went viral earlier this month for its somewhat convincing um um pantomime of a drake and the weekend song the song posted by an, an anonymous tiktoker going by the name of ghostwriter amassed millions of streams before spotify apple music tiktok and youtube um removed it in the case of YouTube, the culprit for removal was what felt like an unforced error. The, the otherwise original song inexplic inexplicably um, included a Metro Booming production tag at the beginning. Universal Music Group claimed it was an unauthorized sample and successfully got the song pulled. In this case, a, copy, a copyright claim worked, but just barely. Other original songs like an AI Drake song called Winter's Cold have been pulled from streaming platforms too based on alleged copyright infringement. Um, so Heart on My Sleeves is exactly the kind of thing UMG um, wants streaming platforms to crack down on saying AI companies are violating copyright law by training their models on artists. Um, both Drake and The Weeknd have deals with UMG. That's the same argument being put forward in other creative industries. Getty Images, for example, is suing the makers of the art generator Staple Diffusion, saying Stability AI unlawfully copied and processed millions of images protected by copyright when it trained its AI system. Online publishers are also heading down that path, saying they should be compensated for their content that is used to train chatbots. The problem with going down the copyright path to remove songs like Heart on My Sleeve and Winter's Cold is that the tracks aren't copying anything concretely protected by the law. Both songs appear to be written by a human who isn't Drake and fed into voice cloning software. So the compos compositions are new original works an artist's voice style or flow is not protected by copyright uh, for the most part if an up and coming artist wrote their own lyrics made a simple beat recorded the vocals and put it through 
the weekend machine. There's no individual existing work that's being copied. Promoting the new track as a song by the weekend would get dicey, but that would be closer to a trademark issue rather than copyright. Advancements in the AI technology currently being used used also also make the sampling issue issue stickier. Unlike older technology that chopped up and rearranged pre-existing recordings, many AI systems are creating new sounds that resemble a target voice, even if tiny pieces of a recording were somewhere in the, in the new song, it would likely be so small a portion that it would fail to rise to the level of copyright infringement, Garcia says. Big picture issues in artistic industries tend to get filtered through a copyright lens because the law can act as a very big hammer that can hit many, many nails. Meredith Rose, Meredith Rose, Senior Policy Council for Public Knowledge says, making the argument that an AI Drake song is infringing on real Drake's copyright isn't clear cut, but it has become the primary way labels and thus the public think through the potential problems with AI songs. Copyright is a concern, but it's really much a second tier concern over some of the bigger more existent show questions about economic displacement and upending business models and deep fakes rules says um Um, let's see what else. Yes. Um, what if AI generated un- unreleased Drake tracks surface and diverted revenue from actual Drake? What if the AI songs are AI songs are just bad and people were convinced Drake lost his magic touch for hits? What if a creator made AI Drake sing a white nationalist anthem? The problem quickly expands beyond the scope of copyright and into Drake's personhood and identity. And unlike the wave of unknowns with AI, there is some precedent with how a person's likeliness, no likeness, is used. A person's right of publicity allows them to control how their music or likeness is used to make money. But even before wading into how AI tools change things. There are underlying um, discrepancies in what course of action individuals have. Modern day copyright law is at the facts, the federal level. And as part of the of that DMCA takedowns offer a relatively quick and easy avenue to get material pulled without involving a lawyer or filing a lawsuit the right of publicity which is in a confusing twist also sometimes called the right of privacy is more complicated and only exists at the state level only some states have this kind of law on the books but importantly california and new york 
The two with the most sizable entertainment industries both do. After all, people love to riff on celebrities' images almost as much as celebrities hate to have their images riff on. Real Drake might very well sue over Robot Drake using the same law that Real Vanna White used to sue over, Ro over Robot Vanna White in 1992. Um, in, in the 1992 case over a Samsung advertisement, a robot Vanna was a metallic android in a brightly colored gown, a mid-length blonde wig and jewelry, standing next to a game show board with letters, rather than the output of an AI generator. The Wheel of Fortune co-host's actual name never appears in the ad in question. Oh, boy. Many of the AI clone songs are being marketed as Drake or Kanye West AI tracks, but Garcia says that their right of publicity could extend even if the creator doesn't explicitly name them in the promotion. Um, after all, listeners likely recognize this voice singing paparazzi with or without a picture of Ariana Grande to prompt them. It makes sense that musicians known for their voice are the first test cases for advanced voice cloning technology. This prompts a lot of questions about art, fair use, celebrity, and pop culture. And as complicated as these questions are, at least some version of the, the of this debate has been going on for many decades. But what about the inevitable future instances where AI voices voice clones of people who aren't necessarily known for their vocal talents? We're ready in very murky waters. That's when we go into the swamp. Let's say you have a Ron DeSantis hip-hop track that flies out there. God help us. Would the arguments look the same? Maybe, maybe not, Rose says. That's when we get into even murkier territory. We're already in very murky waters. That's when we go into the swamp. More than copyright. Rose believes the fight um, involving involving AI tools will veer toward re-examining things like right of publicity laws within the next five to ten years. Currently, if someone is the victim of a fabricated voice recording or deep fake, their experience getting a takedown will depend largely on where they live. The rapid accessibility of powerful AI tools could force the legal system to fill in gaps that already exist with or without something like voice cloning software. Ah, oh, man. That's terrible. This is so fucking terrible to me, man. This is very terrible. Yeah, um, do we start taking things like the right to publicity and making them a federal law so that everyone, no, excuse me, everybody within the United States has access to whatever tools we decide to bake into this? 
Um, Rose says right now, for the better or for worse, it's just luck of the drawer where you happen to live. Oh boy. One problem with AI voice clone songs is that, unfortunately for the subject, they are funny. Nobody asked to hear AI Joe Biden say, he say that I'm good enough grabbing by da-da-da, thinking about shit that I should I should have. But it's become part of internet culture and audio has been added to TikToks of people cleaning their bathrooms, making salads and dancing. Most of the viral AI covers and original songs are being created without the subject's consent attention. Many listeners are picking up on comment sections regularly include some version of this has to be illegal or waiting for this to get taken down there's an undercurrent of grossness to the voice clone content that is inescapable even as the songs become more and more absurd experts worry that ai voice clones will become a problem sooner sooner than sooner rather than later experts who have worked on other types of non-consensual sharing of material online worry that ai voice clones will become a problem sooner rather than later oh oh shit this is terrible man this is terrible this is not this is terrible this is terrible This is going to be a bigger catastrophe right here. And I don't know, man. And I hate to say this. I hate to say this, but I hate this, the fucking AI robot shit, though, man. Like, who fucking asked for this shit? You know what I'm saying? Who fucking asked for this shit? And I don't blame Drake for being upset because of the AI mimicking his voice. The thing I'm not the thing I can't understand is. Is 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 it's like you take it's like AI companies who make these robots are basically taking away money from hardworking music artists, including rappers and singers. If you know what I'm saying, it's just it's just terrible, man. And and and, and I and I kind of wish these AI robots kind of got ran over by a car, man. Man, man, you know what? I'm going to be running for the fucking hills, man, if if I ever encounter a fucking AI robot. Oh, man, this is just something. This is just crazy, man. 
Um, <laughs> oh shit! Oh my gosh, man! And though the focus right now is on AI tools spoofing famous wealthy individuals, it could quickly become a nightmare for the average person experiencing things like domestic abuse. Abuse. I'm anticipating we're going to start seeing voice cloning used to trick schools to get access to the kids or to say an ex-boyfriend tried to reach out to you, says Adam Macy, a partner at C.A. Goldberg who specializes in technology facilitated abuse like non-consensual distribution of intimate images. In order to get fabricated content removed, Massey says victims might start with a, a cease and desist, a desist letter alleging they were infringing on your right of publicity, impersonation, or fraud. But success will depend on whether the, the entity disseminating it is responsive. Okay, let me give a quick shout out real quick. Shout out to the crew from the Friends Pod. Uh, thank you for viewing this. Um, I'm gonna put up a question in regards to the whole AI shit, though, and any other question, and maybe a two part question. Who knows? Um, anyway, anyway, um, anyway, where was I? Where was I? Um. If the unauthorized material is a synthetic product of, of an AI tool, the subject won't necessarily have the copyright over the deep fake. Um, like the right of publicity um, laws against sharing intimate images are on a state by state basis and are only beginning to address fabricated, fabricated content. Macy says just a handful of states have laws specifically around deepfake porn. For example, websites that host non-consensual explicit deepfakes operate openly. An NBC News report um, um, last month found, though there's no federal law against non-consensual intimidate images deep fake porn has gotten so prevalent that google has a dmca like system that victims can use to you to to issue takedown requests without the backing and legal support that big artists have unsigned independent musicians will likely be forced to wade through any voice clones that pop up on their own. There's no standardized way to report unauthorized AI-generated material, and artists would have to take the case that it was damaging their ability to make money off of their right of publicity, Macy says. Chavez doesn't just make AI-assisted 
um, mashups of popular artists. He also is a musician himself, recording and sharing songs under the aesthetic rap rap uh, aesthetic rap genre. Um, hold on a minute. Let me see who's here. And um, friends pod. Hey, y'all, hold on a second, man. They want to join this thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a minute, man. Hold on a second. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, what's going on? Um, you you're live. You're live on my podcast, my New York podcast, right here, right now. And I'm talking about the whole AI thing with the whole thing with Drake. I don't know if y'all discussed that, but I'm kind of hey, against the whole. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't him that made that song. It was an AI robot that actually um did this, and that's why Drake was upset about this. I wanted to get your take on this. Huh? Winter's cold. No, Drake. Yeah, the, the name of the song that AI Drake made is was called Winter's Cold. I think that's what it is, actually. Yeah, that was the song. Yeah. So what, what what was the question around it? Well, I wanted to get your take on this actually. Um I feel like the AI robots mimicking a musician's voice to make it their own is a bad idea. And it's and if and it seems like it's gonna be taking away um the hard earning the hard earning money that it's basically um making from hardworking musicians like rappers and singers and stuff. Um mm-hmm. so how do you feel about this? Because I feel like it's this is a bad idea. Me personally, did you see Timberland? Yeah, he did an interview on TMZ Live. I rem- I seen that. Yeah, Timberland, he recently um what came out was that Timberland made a song with Biggie. And he was talking about how he ain't never got to make a song with Biggie before. And AI gave him the chance to make a song with Biggie or the AI Biggie. So I, I think there's some benefits to AI, especially. I think people are too scared of like, I don't know why, why artists are scared. If, like, if you really the best artist or you really him, then why are you scared of an AI version? Because you're mimicking a person's voice. That's that's what that's what most music artists is basically um concerned about. I mean to you're be- mimicking their voice, but you're not mimicking their talent. Yeah, that part might that part might be true, but the the thing the thing with the whole thing with Timberland trying to um get trying to get um Biggie Small's voice, knowing knowing that this guy has been dead for years, man. Like, why are you messing with a dead person's voice though? Like that shit is so fucking crazy to me. <laughs> 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 that someone like at his level would even consider doing that shit. Like, 
I, I'm I'm very shocked. But it's also like who wouldn't try to get like a Tupac or a Biggie verse if they had AI and they like if they had a possibility to do AI version of it, like I'm gonna take I'm gonna take advantage of it. Like a, if I can get it back that way. Like a hologram? Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> You know, cause um, nah, cause um, there's a there's a there's a part of me that feels like it has to do with the whole copyright infringement stuff and the whole the whole deep fake thing. Cause the the article I'm reading from is actually from um The Verge, and and basically what it's talking about how 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 a person's um voice is being mimicked and copied. Which which is very scary to me because <laughs> like like you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to feel like your your work is being taken advantage of and then your money's being taken away by idiotic AI robots like who asked for AI robots nobody fucking asked for this shit I feel like you're doing more harm than than good it's evil it is but what what's the song did you like the song huh. Did you like the song? I didn't really hear it. When it's cold, did you think it was a good song? I'm not sure. See, that's the thing. Like, I heard it, and I was like, this is actually a good song. But the only thing I say that it should happen, if you use someone's likeness, then you should get a part of the payment. Like, if I'm using Drake's AI version of him, then he should be getting paid a portion of the proceeds because that's his voice. Man. <laughs> Dang. But I don't know, man. Everybody's a little iffy about this shit, though, man. Like, like I feel like a lot of people who, who are into the whole AI shit is doing more harm than good. I don't think so. Like, think about what uh, AI has done. Um, I'm, I'm gonna take it back to actually to the conversation of. I don't know if you heard about this story though. What? There was a guy on uh, who worked for Google. Uh huh. And he recently said, "I'm resigning," because he was one of the like spearheads of AI and the technology. He said, "I'm gonna take." Uh, a back step to Google uh -huh. so that I can speak openly and not disrespect Google and what they did for me. And then he was saying basically that hey, like AI has, we need we need to slow down. And what AI can do, like it can like it can literally take a bunch of our jobs. So that's what a lot of people that's what I, I was talking to my manager about this. And as far as like you know, robots taking over the um taking over jobs, it's like, what the hell, man? Like, like what? It's like it's like you're asking for more fucking layoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell are we gonna do for our paychecks if robots is taking over our jobs? I don't want to be stuck in the crib all the time. But when you like, if you was to go to McDonald's, would you rather a person or a kiosk? 
I work at Big Lots, man. Oh man. Damn, man. Yeah. I'm a little I'm a little flabbergasted about this ridiculous idea. It's like it's like what do we do? Like what do we do if robots take over our jobs and shit, man? Look, but here's the thing. There's a difference. Hear, hear, hear me out. There's a big difference between human beings and robots, right? First of all, robots don't have emotions. They don't have they don't have feelings like we do. No, it don't because it doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have a soul. All it does is rely on motor oil and fucking electricity. Come on, son. <laughs> A dollar. Like she, made an AI, she made an AI version of herself. Oh my gosh! And like she's charging dudes a dollar a minute to talk to this robot robotic version of. Her. Oh man! She said she's gonna make five million a month. Off of off of off of what? Copying somebody's voice and their work? It's her voice. It's hers. Like she made an AI version of herself. And any dude who want to want to date her or anything like that. What the hell? AI version of her. Okay, you do realize you do realize that robots don't have body parts like we do, right? Robots don't have magnolias, um, magnolia steel, um, vagina monologues and shit. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, if, if I'm gonna take it, it has no titties, man. Like, what? <laughs> What? Who's underwear? Oh, I heard. Oh, wow. <laughs> like anybody's gonna, like anybody's gonna be wasting it. Like anybody's gonna be like anybody's gonna be stupid enough to be wasting thousands of dollars on on used drawers that somebody else already wore. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea, man. Oh my god. It's, it's not lotto's draw. <laughs> if, I, if I get a whiff of lotto, man, stop. That's crazy, man. You know what y'all pay for? You know what y'all pay for a lotto, a lotto sniff? Wait, what? <laughs> Why? Well, why would I pay Okay, that sounds a little gross. I don't know why, but it sounds a little gross, though, man. I'm, I'm not kidding, man. This is very, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm sorry, man, but that's the most terrible idea. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh. No, I don't know, man. To me, you selling used underwear that you already wore sounds like an epic fail to me, man. Wait, what? She made a song with Mariah Carey. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to take a sniff? Hell no. Are you nuts? What? Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> <laughs> you, Yo, I'm not going to do that, man. You crazy? It's going to be me running for the fucking hills. That's insane. Nah, <laughs> you don't know what you don't know what type of germs is on there, man. And you it don't matter. But you, so you rather so you rather sniff somebody somebody's drawers, but you you don't care if you don't get sick. Come on, man. That that's crazy. That's very crazy, man. That's crazy. <laughs> Crazy what you saying, man. I'm, I'm just gonna vaccine, I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's all you gotta do. Man, let me tell you something, man. G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator here, does not waste money on used drawers or whatever case scenario may be man that's not happening man so, somebody put their germs on there and then you, and then you want to waste thousands of dollars on on drawers imagine if it was a crop top being used Oh my gosh, man. That's terrible, man. Yeah, that's terrible. That's really terrible right there, though, man. Oh, <laughs> damn, son. <laughs> but um, but yeah, though. Um, one more thing, one more thing I wanted to um get your take on. I recently did a topic in regards to um ageism in hip hop. And I actually was asking one of the one of the um, musicians who raps, who is a chart driver, and basically what he told me when I asked him the question about um whether it's an whether this is a whether this is a young man's sport because I hear stories about how certain rappers reach a certain age and and you know people assume that their careers is over because they're in their forties and fifties and all that other shit. So um. What's your take on it, though? Um, I ain't get your name. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, my name is Rod, and I am from the Friends Podcast. Rod or Rob? Yeah, Rod. Yeah, R O D. Oh, short for Roderick. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. So, Rod, what's your what's so so? Do you think do you think hip hop is a young man's sport, or is it just for everybody? Because everybody's assuming that um, when a person reaches their forty, question like. Huh? Is that a real question? Yeah. Is yeah. That, that's to me. That to me, that's obvious. Like it's definitely a young man's sport. Like it's not. It's 
I mean, even some of the uh, most famous rappers from back in the day, um, they spoke on like how they talked about. Like you could talk about um, like drink champs. Yeah. And how Nori he said he don't like to be called um, OG and shit because he said the way he feel like it's taken now, it's just like you the old guy in the game. Like you, it's not like you can really rap or you really. I mean, OG. I mean, OG. Go ahead. I mean, the acronym OG stands for original gangster. And not to be confused with the song, but not everybody could be an original gangster. You know what I'm saying? Like, only thing it means now is that you just old. Like, that's really what OG means to, like, to people of this age. It just means you're old, nigga. And, like, you just, in the past, like, we appreciate what you did. You didn't make no money. But the young niggas is up now. Oh, damn. He ain't made no money. Damn. But I feel like that's what most of the, because, like, what artists made back in the day, like they're not making anywhere near the amount of money that they make today. Like I feel like that's how a lot of the younger crowd looks at those older artists. Oh boy, that's wow. I feel bad for them, man. Like you know what I'm saying. I really feel bad for the music artists, man. Like they they're not making because you know you know music. Like, who do you feel bad for though? The music artists because they're in a they're in a. Like you know, for for instance, I hear stories about music artists and their shady deals with um record labels and shit like that. And you know, you know, it's not just it's not just the producers and engineers that need to be paid. Music artists got to be paid too for their hard work too. I mean, it wouldn't be fifty fifty. It'd be like thirty out of seventy. You you feel what I'm saying? Say it's not though, like hmm. it is. Like, but when you when I think about it, it's like, I, what's your age? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Okay. It sounds like I'm old, so, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what what version of hip hop you are. Like, so I'm just trying to like, okay. What version of hip hop am I? Yeah. What you mean? <laughs> compared to like what how old you were. I mean like, <laughs> that's a hard one for me, man. I mean, look, I know hip hop changed over the years, man. You know what I'm saying? But the only thing I'm not a fan of is mumble sauce rappers, man. <laughs> mumble sauce rappers, you can't you can't you can't you can't really, you can't understand what they're saying, though. You know what I'm saying? It's hard for me to understand what they're saying lyrically. <laughs> they're not. I'm gonna bring up one person. Not fluent. Not fluent. I'm gonna bring up one person 
and that's gonna end all that humble rap talk. <laughs> like one person who humble raps is still hard. It don't, it don't matter. Oh boy. Oh There's only boy. one artist who does it right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, obvious. I never even listened to his music though, to be honest with you. <laughs> you gotta listen to his music. <laughs> I feel like mumble rap is like it, it was a term put on, but it was really just like showing that his energy from the young artists. Like I feel like mumble rap was like it was I, I hate who put that term on, on it. Cause it's just like if it's good music and it sounds good and you vibe into it, then that's music. That's that's like you gotta love it. Like that's that's all it is. Like it's it's a feeling, it's a rhythm, it's a beat. Like hmm. that's that's all music is. I mean and this and this is and this is where I and this is where I actually come in to um, another topic I did a couple of weeks ago involving Jed from Atlanta. And there was a story on Hip Hop DX that I actually talked about in one of my episodes where he was talking about how, you know, people don't really care for lyricism anymore <laughs> because a lot has changed. I mean, I don't know. Do you think he's right? Who said that? Jed. The rapper who has songs like Surround Sound and all these other songs, he's from Dream oh, he's from Dreamville. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, he's a young artist though too. Um he's around my I'm surprised he said that. Like out of any other rappers, I'm surprised Jid said that. Yeah, I mean um I mean, not to me. I don't know, man. Like, not too many people really care too much about um lyricism and bars like that, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot has changed. I think it depends on the songs. I think it depends on the songs and the storyline that you're talking about in your songs and shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what we you we we still got storytellers like Nas, LL Cool J, and all these other people, but the rest is just it's just. It's just something else. Like, come on, man. Huh? LL Cool J still making music? I mean, I mean, he's been acting in the NCIS Los Angeles um TV series, which is about to go off the air in the front in the season finale on CBS. Yeah. I also heard he was going on tour. But I ain't gonna come out with no new music though. The thing is, like, if LL Cool J came out today with music, right? Here he like did. Today, do you think it'll be good? Like, it depends on how. It depends on. It depends on how. Um. It depends on the rap style of of how he um raps because everybody raps differently. You know. You know what I mean. And and you know, not everybody can rap fast though. Like a Twister or uh, Busta Rhymes or any other artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, that, see, that's my thing. It's like LL Cool J is like he was the beginning of hip hop. Yeah, like that's like Run DMC. Like I, I put him in that category. <laughs> like I put LL Cool J, Run DMC. 
uh, Big Daddy Kane. I put all of them kind of like in that old, the start of hip hop category. Yeah. And then after that, it was like the gangster rap. <laughs> yeah. And Tupac, Biggie, you start getting into a death roll, like it, Snoop Dogg, like it's like different eras of hip hop. That's why I said hip hop is different depending on your age. Like, like somebody like from your your, your realm, you may not like the new hip hop, but like somebody from my realm, like I'm, I'm a fan of hip hop. Like I like all hip hop. I, I like old. I like new. I don't. I don't have any like. I don't know. It's all my box. <laughs> yeah, well, my, so it's like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So that's just what, like, what it is. I mean, my I got a cousin of mine from Rosedale, Queens, New York, who is not really a fan of the new hip hop or whatever because he thinks it's garbage and satanic. So it's like, like, it, <laughs> I was like, yo, I was like, yo, because hip hop is already 50 years old, man. <laughs> and there's already events to to like 50 years of hip hop already, and I don't and I don't really I don't really and I don't really see a lot for like you know certain areas like Queens or whatever and some shit like that though. Some of them, some of them, they're in the Bronx, which is where um hip hop started. So I get it. The thing is, I feel like a lot of women is really taking over hip hop right now. Wait, what? Women. I think women are taking over hip hop. Okay. You know why I say that though? Um, not really, because um, no, because you gotta think of you gotta think about um women like Nicki Minaj. You got um Cardi B. You got your Ice Spices, <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. and then um. No one ever knew. No one ever knew. No one ever knew what happened to Little Kim and Foxy Brown. They all just disappeared and shit, man. Same with Lauren Hill. Her fucking ass only made one fucking album, alright. <laughs> and she from the Fugees. She from the Fugees and shit. You probably, you probably could argue that point with my co-host about Lauren Hill, but I'm known. I'm, I'm known to trash Lauren Hill. Like <laughs> Lauren Hill was late. Lauren Hill was late to a music concert, man. Worse than ASAP Rocky, and I called him, and I actually called him um, late ASAP Rocky. Like, <laughs> oh shit! I did a topic about ASAP Rocky, um, who is who did a performance which is around the same day as the red hot chili peppers the thing is he was supposed to come at a certain time or whatever to see his fans or whatever but for some reason he was super late that's why we that's why um when i read the article and it said late it said late rocky it said late rocky right there Okay, so I went to a um, 
a Conway, like the Griselda. Uh huh. Like I went to their concert. Yeah. Them niggas came out like literally an hour after the time. <laughs> I, I was pretty much considering leaving the venue. Yeah. Like, they playing with me at this point. Like, like if they not jump, if they don't get in the stage for ten minutes, like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave out of here. Yeah. Because you know, if you if you a music artist has to be at a at a, at a stage or backstage or whatever at a certain time or whatever. But if you but if you know good and hella well, yeah, a music artist's ass is gonna be fucking late or whatever. You know, people gonna be mad at you. You feel what I'm saying? That's that's where the late Rocky came from. <laughs> That's my sound effects. Right, so, so pretty much, I, I just want to show love to your platform and everything like that. Um, I, I definitely been rocking with it. I definitely been on the lookout. Yeah. Um, and I, and I like the conversation. So. Yeah, most definitely, man. So, I mean. Yeah, I, I just want. I was just trying to show love to other podcasts and things of that nature. Yeah, thank you very much, Rod, and for your for your support and. And you love and to being a guest on my um Instagram live feed right here though, man. I mean, fifty years of hip hop, man. It's it's just it, it went by so fast, man. It only started in August eleventh, nineteen seventy three. It's so new though. Hip hop is new. Like, <laughs> to be honest, if I, if I forget my parents, like I really do love hip hop because it's like. Hip hop is so ingrained in black culture. Of so course. Like I, like, I feel like being as a black man, I am hip hop. Like, that's this, like, really what artists talk about, they're talking about me. Like, this is, this is what I grew up in. This is what I lived in. Like, I, I'm hip hop. Like, as a black man, that's how I just, that's how I feel. Wait, how are they talking about you, though? How are they talking about me? Yeah. Who, who, it depends. Who's talking about? No, I'm just saying. You just said that um that they're, they're talking about you in a musical way, something like that. Yeah, I know. I'm saying like as a black man, I'm hip hop because rappers are talking about a black man's experience. Yeah, that's why I said I'm hip hop. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's, that's the only thing I'm saying. I'm like I'm just saying like. Hip-hop yeah. is talking about a black man's experience. Yeah. Or a black woman's experience or the black experience. Yeah. That's what hip-hop is about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know what's crazy, though? Not a lot of people didn't, didn't really get the fact that, um, because not a lot of people knew that graffiti is part of hip-hop compared to fashion. Mm -hmm. You big in fashion or something? Of course. I gotta be fresh to death sometimes, man. That's why I didn't, I didn't buy sneakers for nothing because I got mad outfits with different colors and stuff. You, you ain't showing, you ain't showing them, you ain't showing the outfits and colors. That's only when I go out, though. Mm. That's only when I go out, though. Okay. You know that other only, stuff. That's, that's only for the hoes. I'm not sure about that one right there, man. I'm already. That's not, not for the pod. It's just the hoes. I mean. I mean, look, 
barely, I barely taught the women face to face because whenever I try to, you know, you know, try to, you know, inform them about how I'm an essential worker for a supermarket and a and a podcast host for multiple podcast shows that I do because I do sports, I do reviews, I do um this is number one right here. So you know what I'm saying? And it's hard to it's hard to promote it. It's hard for me to promote my podcast face to face to people because they're mad busy. So you know I didn't want to be like I just got tired of the disappointments and shit. So I just you know decided not to do too much. You know what I'm saying? By the way, I actually met Uncle Ralph McDaniels for the first time when I was in college in person. And believe it or not, man, when I met him in person, it almost feels like it almost feels like that I'm basically I'm basically part of hip hop too. Even though I don't make music, but I do tune into his um video music box. Um yeah, every Saturday actually at midnight. Um, I don't know if you have video music box on your local channel, but um, he's nah, I don't. <laughs> damn. But he's on Inst- but he's on Instagram though. If you want to put his song, just like send us a DM. Like I'll look it up. That his um username on Instagram is Video Music Box, and he has a clothing line. Okay. What's the best moment? That you ever had meeting like a music artist or a um a someone who who has a television show that's been going on over the years with so much longevity i've never i've never interviewed anyone with a television show no have you um, have you met anybody in person like you know like a music concert or or an event yeah um so I'm. I mean, if people look at the Friends podcast. We do interview a lot of artists. Um, I would say experiences and stuff like that. Like a lot of like the the, the shit that like artists that be saying like that's crazy. <laughs> we don't even include that kind of stuff like in the, in the pod for real. Uh huh. Um, we we just omit it because we don't want to. We're not trying to down the artist or anything like that. Yeah, I hear that, and, though. Um, but I, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of, like, I, I talk to more local uh, underground artists who are not at the top yet. So Oh, locals. Yeah, okay. That's not, so, like, that's not so, bad. Yeah, so, like, your idea, but I, I never talked to anybody, like, like a, a Drake or a Cole or anything like so I can't speak on that. So I can only speak on like people at, that I speak to. So, mm. um, and the most, and I feel like the biggest thing with the gripes and stuff like that and the craziest thing that I heard there is just like, it just, it's the collaboration. I feel like that's the biggest issue. Collaboration. Like, okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of artists, they feel like other artists, they don't want to build on top of like what they already got going on and they don't want, they, or a lot of artists just always feel cocky. They feel bigger than, and it just creates this dynamic. Of acting Hollywood. Yeah, acting Hollywood, acting Hollywood. It's the same with. Yeah, acting Hollywood. 
Yeah, it's just... yeah and, and I feel like that's the biggest fuck up in hip hop. It's like, I don't get why. It's just like, well, it doesn't take away from you to, to highlight someone else. Like, I mean, it's more, it's one thing to pay homage to somebody, right? But, but at the same, at the same token, like, you know, some music artists, the reason why they don't really do too much collaborations and stuff is because sometimes, you know, like, when you rely on too much collaboration too much, it, it, it tends to get a little, it tends to get a little, you know, a little stale, you know what I'm saying? And you know when when sometimes when you rely on when you rely on collaborations and stuff you know and they don't come through you end up being disappointed. That's why I've been trying so hard to get um you know certain people to co-host with me, but due to their work schedules and stuff, I just start going hard for um you know co-hosts because everybody's so busy. And it's certain things certain things that I want to actually learn from you know you know. Pu- podcasters who have like you know a group of co-hosts or whatever which what i was trying to do but um everything fell apart it's, it's hard to do and uh keep people on the same page i mean if we were to go to, to podcasting I, I, i'll probably get more into that discussion outside of this but uh i'm not i'm not gonna talk about that, that right now but well not right now not right now though man but um but maybe 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 next time maybe next time in the future when you um when you want to hop on here because i wanted to talk because yeah. you know or, next or maybe you could jump on our pod because uh, i wanted to um yeah because um i wanted to i wanted to mention something in regards to um in regards to networking but i i was gonna save that for next time um if you will but I don't know. Um, I don't know if you have a, um, a anything going on right now. But you know what I mean. No, I, I go ahead, man. I'm listening. Um. Okay. Okay. I know networking with people is important, right? But at the same time, um, I don't know if y'all experienced this uh, for the first first hand. But when it comes to networking with people. Um, how do you know who to trust? Because I'm a little iffy about being under a podcast um, network because I found out from a homeboy of mine that the Breakfast Club by DJ Envy and uh, Charlamagne the God is not owned by them. It's owned by Our Heart Media. So the issue, the issue that I probably have is that some of the podcast networks are basically asking for um, a certain percentage. Of- and shit and 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 honestly because ownership is important to me and i always and i always um talk talk about this all the time that ownership is important like creative freedom is important to me as a content creator so um i wanted to get your take on it though man like is it is it a bad idea? Is it a good idea or a bad idea to be on a podcast network, even though you are more worried about um creative freedom and um everything else in between? Um hmm. see, see that's the thing. Like I'm I'm only speaking about my personal opinion, by the way, because I, I do have two other co-hosts. Okay. Um so I'm only speaking for myself. Okay. Now, I want to make that clear. Go ahead. 
Um, so personally, I think that uh, it depends on the network. Like, um, I feel like that's a lot of things that most podcasts have issues is is um, connecting with bigger brands because they're asking for maybe you to be more PG or something like that. <laughs> I, to me personally, I wouldn't have any problem with that. Um, if the check is right, like I, I don't think it will really negatively affect me personally, like in terms of creatively. Um, but as far as like the creative freedom and ownership. Yeah, I, I get a lot of people saying that though, like, but I, I'm not necessarily 100% I agree with that, like, that ideology about 100% creative, because I don't think I need it, because like, I, I, I'm willing, I'm willing to take a, I'm willing to take a deal, I'm willing to change it up, like, to be honest, like, hmm. me personally, yes, I, I would take a deal. Um, even if they, well, I, even if they ask for like a certain percentage, and you barely get any um, creative control, I mean the percentage we can work on a deal, but maybe like thirty seventy. <laughs> like man, I feel like that's pretty. That's pretty good though. Hmm. Like thirty. I feel like that, how much will manage. When you think of a manager, they're only taking about twenty percent anyway. Okay. So yeah, if I if I get like a someone to invest in me, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's not like a uh, something that like that's long while though. Like I, I wouldn't consider it as something that would. If I was to take the deal, like yes, I would take the beginning deal, but I would think that would grow into something else. Oh, uh, yeah. Like you got sometimes you gotta take the bad deal to get the bigger deal. Oh boy! Like, but, like I feel like I play. Sometimes you you gotta you gotta jump on the bad deal to just like get your brand up and and then work your way into like what you really try to get to. Because you be like, oh, that's all they want. Like they'd be like, oh, I want fifty episodes. I want a hundred episodes or something like that. Be like. Oh, I can do that in my sleep. Now I'm gonna do another hundred after that. Oh boy! So I'm just like, like yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal for me personally, in in that sense. But I'm kind of interested in what you would say about that. Well, um, I was listening to an episode of Grassroots Podcast, and you know the the. The, the crew over there was talking about how um it was it took place in 2019 when Sean Man and God actually launched the Black Effect Podcast Network, right? And basically what they're partnership with iHeartRadio. Yeah. Basically, basically um what they were saying is that um, you know, because there was a lot of podcasters who are content creators and you know were basically complaining about not having ownership. Because, uh, because the fact that they're under, um, they're under a, a, a neck, a podcast neck corporation, and they feel like that they're getting their shows getting taken away because they're no longer 
they're no longer the owner anymore. And that's scary to me. That's scary for a lot of people, especially me. You know what I'm saying? I think that's. Hold on. Hold on a second. Wait, can you hear Rod? Yeah, sorry about that, folks. That was Rod from the Friends Podcast. If you don't know about him, make sure you go check him out. All right. Um, and shouts to my homie, um, homie Lefty, man. Wait, hold on. Hef Banks. Yeah, Hef Banks, man. Um, yeah. All right. Um. So. All right. So. Um. Now that we on the now that um. <laughs> all right. Let's let's keep going to the next topic. I'm I'm just gonna go to the next topic right here, man. Um. Yeah. So basically, go ahead and follow the Friends Pod on Instagram and you know Spotify and wherever you get your podcast, whatsoever. All right. Thank you for joining. Um, the live stream, Rod, from the Friends Podcast. I really appreciate you, man. That's love. All right. Speaking of speaking of love, man. Um, let's jump into some Spotify for podcasters. Like, there's some new stuff to talk about here, man. Hold on. Yeah, there's some stuff to talk about here, man. Right here, right here, right now. Um. All right. Okay. So. All right, so um, so there's been a recent um, there's been a recent news in regards to um, in regards to um, Anchor being combined with um, Spotify for Podcasters. Now, for those of you who may not know what Spotify for Podcasters is, I'm going to try to break this down. Actually, um, I'm gonna try to go break this down. Actually, um, if you if you will. Um, let me just, let me just look up the article and then voila. So, okay. So here's what's happening with this though. For those of you who may not know what's going on here. Um, of course, Spotify for podcasts is, uh, of course the combination of Anchor all in one free hosting and distribution with all the best features Spotify has to offer. So um, let's see. So we have um so we have some couple of things. Of course, um we have um sections um learn, get inspiration, advice, and growth tips so you can create with confidence community stay in the know about our creative programs and events and of course there's some more stuff there's some more stuff actually um let me see let me see something here okay so let me just get the uh okay all right um let me get to okay so 
Anchor, the world's largest podcast hosting platform, has combined with Spotify for podcasters to create an all-new, first-of-its-kind platform with everything you need to create and grow a podcast. This was announced today at Stream On, which I checked it out already on YouTube, on the Spotify um, YouTube channel page. Spotify's event highlighting new information, no, no, excuse me, innovations for creators and fans. This is exciting for podcasters who are already hosted on the platform, but it's also a breakthrough for all creators. In addition to bringing our creator offering all into one platform, we're also for the first time ever opening up Spotify's unique interactive features to all podcasters no matter where your show is hosted of course um of course um the new spotify for podcasters will serve as the foundation for building a more vibrant more interactive experience around podcasts we're extremely excited by what we're launching today but even more about the future of podcasting we can all build together for current anchor and spotify for podcasters users um this means you'll get more tools than ever just by logging into your existing account if you are new to spotify for podcasters you can sign up today using your existing spotify login and if you are not a spotify yet now is the best time to start um let me see all right <clears throat> okay, here's everything you need to know. Spotify for Podcasters has been available for creators since 2018, but until now, it's only provided access to Spotify analyt, analyt, analytics. Starting today, you when you sign up or log in using your Spotify for Podcasters or Anchor login, you'll find a dashboard with everything you need to make, manage, and level up your show. For creators hosting their content with Spotify for Podcasters, this includes the ability to upload or record your content, publish video podcasts to Spotify, add interactive features like Q&A and polls, choose from a number of monetization tools, and keep track of your show's growth with advanced analytics. And of course, you can still publish your podcast your um, episodes and distribute them to all platforms where your podcast is available. While many of these features have been limited exclusively to anchors, anchor users, it was important to us that we built the new Spotify for podcasters in a way that offers more open access to innovation. Today, that starts with opening up access to Q&A and poll functionality for all Spotify for podcasters users including those not hosting their content with us to help jumpstart the conversation and it make make it easier for for listeners to provide you with valuable feedback um we've included uh the fall question what did you think of this episode on your most recent episode and all new episodes published through spotify for podcasters you have the ability to customize your own question for each episode or turn or to turn off the setting altogether in the new interact tab of your dashboard audience answers are visible only to you by default but you can 
pin your favorite answers so everyone can view them on your episodes page in Spotify. Of course, stay tuned for more, for even more of Spotify's features to become available for non-hosted users in the future, including video podcasts, which creators can sign up for more information about here. What else is new and exciting on Spotify? We're committed to keeping Spotify the best platform for podcast creators to grow their show today on Stream On. We also unveiled a new, more visual feed experience that optimizes for discovery across music, podcasts, and audio books. Um, <clears throat> check out the new podcast specifics feed on home. Um, we also introduced podcast previews, which let listeners sample your show right in their home feed and podcast chapters, which allow listeners to browse through episodes by topic. You can add chapters to your episodes just by including timestamps in your episode descriptions. We are excited to roll out even more options to personalize and level up your show's presence on Spotify in the future. We also announced the launch of Spotify Labs, a global series of workshops that will provide opportunities to create in in our world-class production studios, learn from Spotify experts, and connect with fellow podcasters and artists. Any creator can apply to participate at spotifystudios.com. And... um, of course, along with the new Spotify for Podcasters, we're launching a new space for educational podcasting content, complete with growth tips, comprehensive how-to guides, advice from fellow creators, and more. All right, so, all right, so there's some more stuff. Okay, so let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. There's some more stuff though. Like, um, what is it? Um, okay. Okay, the features. All right. Um, so what are the features? So what are the features actually? Um, let me see. I'm sorry about the, sorry about that. Um, okay, so we need to really find out um, the features, right? So research, learn, and community. Let me find out something real quick. Okay. Uh, features. Come on a second. Features in in Spotify for podcasters. Okay. Um, what the hell, man? Hang on a second. Um, features, features in, hold on a minute here. Spotify for podcasters. Okay, here we go. All right, so 
Um, for creators hosting their content with Spotify for podcasters, this includes the ability to upload or record your content, publish video podcast to um, Spotify, add interactive features like Q&A and polls, choose from a number of monetization tools, and keep track of your show's growth and advanced analytics. Um, the common features, okay, so the common features, um, okay, nah, I'm not even going to really go there on that one. Um, I'm not even going to go there. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, anyway, um, anyway, enough about this one. Um, let me see. There's, I want to get to... Wait, wait, wait. So this National Board Day. I, I wait. National Board Day. Okay. All right, because I want to get to the other stuff actually. Okay. What is it? National Board Day? Let me see. Yes, National Board Day. Let's get to... Yeah, we're going to get to National Board Day. No, not National Board Day. I'm sorry. Um, This is... All right. All right, DJ. Hold on a second. Let me see something here. Let me see something here. Um... Oh, we can get to, all right, let's do highlights of iHeartRadio. Let's do the highlights. Let's do the highlights of iHeartRadio. Let's do that. Yes, yeah, so the highlights of 2023 um, um, iHeartRadio Music Awards. Okay, let's get into it right here. So there are there were plenty of things to compliment in the 10th annual iHeartRadio Awards, which took place at Los Angeles Dolby Theater on March 27th with all major players of the music industry in attendance. The best of the best were honored for their outstanding achievements, starting with a, a, a fabulous red carpet, everything about that night was eye-catching there were many amazing stylish looks pink's all white look um designed by robert one was a very fitting because she is 2023's icon award honoree all eyes were on her and the iconic white was a perfect choice okay um let me see something here okay I'm gonna go. I'm gonna try to get through all these um topics as fast as I can, um as fast as I can actually. So let's get into it right here. Um, okay, yeah, okay. So I also think hers um blue outfit with edgy sunglasses was also particularly good. It was a nice bright touch to classic white and and black outfits. Other than no other people wore. Um, let me see who's this. Um, all right, shouts to Snoog Snoogins 420. 
Um, all right, thank you for viewing this. Um, yes, so here, so here it is. Oh, so, um, yes, yeah, so, um, which was particularly good. It was nice, bright, it was a, a nice, bright touch to classic white and black outfits. Um, other people wore, but you can't fail with a black dress and BB Rexa in her velvet Alexandra rich gown with feathers is proof of that. But just like at any other award ceremony, some celebrities overdressed while others didn't match the scale of the event. While some attendees like Heidi Klum were wearing gowns, Big Time Rush wore simple. Hold on, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that, folks. Um, had to get a little vitamin D. No, actually, actually, this is vitamin B12. Um, I will drink that after I finish the podcast episode. So thank you for that. Um, let's let's continue where we left off here. Um, okay. Yes, Big Time Rush wore simple fall attire to the event. Viewers, hold on a sec. Yeah. Yeah, viewers um, caught the members in sweaters and jackets, which, as they joked, made them look hot on the red carpet. Moving on to performances, a few artists stood out. Lenny Kravitz did all, did it all. He hosted the ceremony and performed a medley of his songs. Pink, the recipient, of the Icon Award sang Trustfall, a title track of her most recent album. The performance had multiple falls, <laughs> but no flaws. The dancers kept jumping down the trampoline <laughs> and Pink herself fell into the dancers' arms. The performance started off with Pink being on top of the stage with gray colors on the on the background, then coming down and later rising back to the top while purple and pink lights were bursting. I thought the colors were very symbolic for the song and the artist. Pink is a true icon for which she was finally recognized. Another performance of the night I found particularly emotional and well done was the tribute to Pink. Kelly Clarkson, Pat Benatar and Neil um, Geraldo were all a part of it. Benatar and Geraldo played Just Like a Pill, which was followed by Clarkson's performance of Just Give Me a Reason. Uh, surprisingly, Pink herself, who, who stood in the audience, um, started singing and joined Clarkson on stage. It was a magical performance of the two strongest voices in the industry with a which with a starry night sky in the background and an acoustic version of the song. Pink's children were also at the ceremony and some cameras caught them singing along only which only um added to the significance of this tribute. Another highlight of the night was the Innovator Award that went to Taylor Swift. Rising star 
Phoebe Bridgers, dressed in a beautiful gothic dress, presented it to Swift, who surprisingly appeared at the ceremony, even though she had just started her Eris tour. Bridges will be one of the opening acts at Swift shows, so their interactions at the iHeart Awards were particularly special. She gave a speech highlighting how important Swift's, Swift is as an artist in the music industry and said that she's grateful to have grown up in a world with Taylor Swift in it or the world. The speech was followed by a video game of many celebrities talking about the impact Swift had on the music industry. It features Selena Gomez as Sharon Justin Timberlake and Timberlake and others. Swift gave a powerful acceptance speech, emphasizing how her failures are exactly what led, excuse me, what led to um led her to good ideas. Keeping up with the bejeweled reputation, she wore a jumpsuit by Alexand Alexander um, um, Vatia Couture the whole night that was covered in green and blue crystals. She truly made the whole place shimmer, especially when her song Bejeweled won the TikTok Bop of the Year Award. Swift also won the Song of the Year, Best Lyrics, and Best Sample Awards. Many other talented artists took home the awards that night. Harry Styles won for Artist of the Year. Doja Cat got the most played artist and gave a speech in her simple yet stylish look by um, VTMNTS. With Doja Cat, you can never predict whether she's going to be dressed in red crystals or a white t-shirt, black leather trousers, and fur coat like she did for this ceremony. Overall, the 2023 iHeart Radio Awards was a spectacular night that celebrated talented artists. It's one of the biggest award shows of the year, and the production, the production, the production. Um, hold on a second. Where did I? Where did I see that? Oh, and the production lived up to my expectations. The winners in most categories were predictable, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't make them any less worthy of recognition. I really enjoyed watching the performances uh, because of the great choices of the artists and how every detail, light change, and graphic was thought through for all of them. Even more so, I enjoyed the extravagant fashion that accompanied those performances. Once again, the iHeartRadio Awards proved to be the top event of the year. I can't wait to see what it'll bring us next year. Okay, let's get to okay, let's get to some um all right before I get to the TV stuff and, and the merger and on us before I get to the merger and on all the other topics, um I got some bad news for you full locker um people out there, man. I hate this. I hate to bring this up, but um, I had to put this in the topic. But this is this is some terrible news that I'm hearing involving Foot Locker. Um, unfortunately, 
unfortunately, um, let me see. Let me see. Uh Hudson Valley. Yeah, unfortunately, um a popular shoe a, a popular um hold on a second. So this is HudsonValleyCountry.com. Okay, so full lock of closing 400 stores. What in the like? Oh my gosh, man. That's crazy. That is crazy. Full locker out of all sneaker stores is closing all 400 locations. That's crazy right there, man. And my and my question, my question for this shit is. Hold on a second. Where is oh no? Don't I have Y on here? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's not on here. On the other one, the other one. Hold on, hold on a minute. Okay, my question in regards to in regards to full locker closing this closing four hundred location is why? Yeah, that's my question right there. That's the question that everybody's wondering, right? I will fill you in on this one. I'll fill you in. Don't worry. So one of the biggest names in, in shoes, Foot Locker, has announced that by 2026, they plan to close 400 stores across the country, according to CNN. The closures are an attempt by the company to rebrand itself and become more relevant to younger shoppers by relaunching. The relaunch is called Lace Up and will involve new store concepts and selling strategies, as well as closing some of its underperforming mall-based stores. Um, Foot Locker currently operates more than 3,000 stores, including Foot Locker, Kids Foot Locker, Champ Sports, and WSS across the country. And with the relaunch, they hope to have approximately a 10% reduction in stores through 2026 to 2,400 stores. Our New York Foot Locker and Champs um, stores, um, Champs Sports stores closing. The specific Foot Locker stores set for closure haven't been announced yet, but Foot Locker Senior Vice President of Store Development, Anthony Aversa. Anthony Aversa said, um, told CNN that um, to begin the restructuring, they will begin closing 125, 125 underperforming champ stores, um, champ sports stores this year. The company didn't say if the champ sports stores in Newburgh, New York, or in Middletown, New York, will be affected or nor, but when Foot Locker does officially announce specific stores, that are closing we will update this article with affected locations i will actually keep an eye on this as this develops so that's crazy man that's really crazy man you know what i'm saying that's really crazy and messed up right there um that's crazy um all right so let's get to I wanted to get the the Simpsons thing out the way, actually. So, um, I wanted to get that out the way. So let's get to if there's anything I missed. 
Oh, DJ Drama. All right, let's get to DJ Drama. DJ Drama, of course, is, uh, hold on a minute here. Let's get to it right here. Wait a minute here. So, wait a minute here. I did, um, DJ Drama has said he would rather watch rather watch a TV series about Dr. Dre than Shook Knights, but admitted uh, admitted the death row um, days could easily make for good content. Dram, Dram um, was stopped by TMZ in New York on Sunday, April 2nd, where he was asked about Shook's plans to uh, have his um, life story chronicled in an upcoming show inspired by 50 Cent's BMF, which stands for Black Mafia Family. So, sorry about that. Sorry about the sorry about the car. Um, sorry about that. Actually, um, yeah, um, yeah. So drama said the concept sounds interesting on paper, but that Dr. Dre saga would be something he'd rather tune into. That universe, that time, and that period. Who wouldn't want to watch that? That shit would be incredible. The Gangsta Grills impresario said about uh, Shug's proposed series. With all due respect, you know, you know what would be crazier if we did adopt the dre universe and we did from world-class wrecking crew to like nwa to the death row era to the after to then aftermath and then him working with m and then with 50 came along that's like 10 seasons right there he continued i need a role too fifth you've seen my acting skills come on drum cruise come on fifth i'm manifesting i'm putting i'm putting it into the universe as teams reported last week suge knight and his brother brian brown are collaborating on a tv series chronicling knight's journey to superstardom and subsequent downfall while suge's time as one of hip-hop's most powerful and feared executives is well documented the project promises to flesh out his childhood and how him as a kid growing up in compton with dreams of becoming a football coach knight and his brother are currently looking for actors to play tupac and other key figures from death row records heyday like why man like seriously, I don't understand why. I don't understand why is this a thing. I really don't understand this. But this, the, I don't know, man. I don't know if I would actually tune into this shit though. Like, why are you looking for an actor that looks like Tupac? Like, come on, man. Really, really though. Really though. That's that's just plain ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to drop a bomb on this shit, though. And um, I don't know, man. This, <laughs> this is ridiculous, man. 
Um, this is ridiculous. Um, anyway, the series, the TV series, will begin shooting this summer, according to the outlet. Suge Knight was sentenced to 28 years in prison in 2018 for the hit-and-run death of Terry Carter three years prior. Carter's death occurred during the filming of the blockbuster MWA biopic Straight Straight Outta Compton. As for DJ Drama, he recently put his acting chops on display as part of the rollout campaign for his new album, I'm Really Like That, before drooping the project on Friday, uh, March 31st. The Gangsta Grills hitmaker recreated multiple scenes from the 1992 film Juice. Ooh. Juice. Okay, that's interesting. That's very interesting right here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's very interesting right there. Uh, yes. Yeah, that would be very interesting right there. Um, um yeah. So one featured Jim Jones taking on Tupac's role as Bishop, while the original actors who played Raheem and Steele, Khalil Kane, and Jermaine Hopkins also popped up. Okay. Um, okay, so let's get into some TV stuff. Yeah, let's get into some TV stuff right here, man. Um Jeopardy. Basically, honored Alex Trebek. Jeopardy honored Alex Trebek. Um, actually, let me just yes. So, Jeopardy. Um, basically, um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so um, let's get into let's get into um. Hold on a minute here, man. I want to actually get it. So we're going to be talking some TV topics here. So this is going to be TV show checkouts. All right. So we're going to get into it right here, right now. Um, try to get through this episode right here. So forgive me. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and get into it here, right here, right now. Okay. Here it is. Okay. All right, um. Okay. All right. So Jeopardy is set to go back in time by re-airing Alex Trevec. Trebek's very first episode as host. The nostalgia tribute will re will be broadcast this Thursday in honor of Jeopardy Day, <coughs> which is celebrated by fans of the program, um, which happened on March 30th every year. Jeopardy first began airing on the on the date. On that date in 1964, Trebek eventually joined the show in 1984 with his first episode hitting the small screen on September 10th of that year. Producers excitedly um, announced the special broadcast on the official Jeopardy Twitter page. 
Um, they included a photo of Young Trebek rocking a mustache, striped shirt, gray tweed, tweed blazer, and a full head of hair. The Canadian American um, entertainer passed away on November 8th, 2020, at the age of 80 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. Um, yeah, so on March 9th, no, March 6th, excuse me, 2019, Trebek shared a heartbreaking video in which he announced that he was battling the illness. I'm going to fight this and I'm going to keep working and with the love and support from my family and friends and with the help of your prayers, he said at the time. I plan to beat the low survival rate um, statistics for this disease. Truth told, I have to I have to because under the terms of my contract, I have to host Jeopardy for three more years. So help me keep the faith and we will win. We will get it done, he, he continued. Jeopardy honored Trebek the day after his death with an episode that featured a special message from executive producer um, Mike Richards. This is an enormous loss for our staff and crew, for his family, and for his millions of fans, Richards began. Richards began. He loved the show and everything it stood for. In fact, he taped his final episodes less than two weeks ago. He will forever be an inspiration for his constant desire to learn his kindness and for his love of his family. Um, let's see. Let me see. I'm oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, on behalf of everyone here at Jeopardy, thank you for everything. Alex, this is Jeopardy. He sobbed. Um, Last year, on the second anniversary of his death, Trebek was also commemorated on the show. The episode contained a category called Remembering Alex Trebek, where contestants um, took a look, no, took in clues centered on the beloved host's life and career. Ken Jennings and Mayim Bialik now serve as hosts of the beloved game show. By the way, um, Mayim Bialik is actually hosting Celebrity Jeopardy, and Ken Jennings is hosting um, the uh, regular Jeopardy that comes on at 7 o'clock p.m. on ABC. Um, so that's about that's about that right there. Um now we go to Wheel of Fortune. Now we go to Wheel of Fortune. Um, and this is from it's from Yahoo. Okay, so Wheel of Fortune fans are accusing Pat Sajak of robbing a contestant of a one hundred thousand dollar prize during Friday's show, claiming the contestant said the correct answer before time expired. Okay. Well, I don't know about that, but if you if 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 you know the clock is running out, and you low on time, and you, and you even if you say the answer, you know you know it won't count. So, yeah.
Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Rock. Yeah. Um. What is it? Yes. 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 Um. Yeah. Um. It's Will Fortune fans are accusing Past A Jack of robbing a contestant of a $100,000 prize during Friday's show, claiming that the contestant said the correct answer before time expired. Viewers believe the longtime host didn't hear the contestant's correct answer, which turned out to be worth the show's largest possible win when Sajak opened the prize envelope. Alexa, a college-age contestant, was given the category, What Are You Doing? After Vanna White flipped around letters that alexa had chosen the contestant the contestant needed to guess what phrase was hidden um in in blank st blanks st um blank i n blank i n um blank i t many fans heard her first answer as the correct one just winging it when Sajak didn't acknowledge that answer as correct, she followed with the with what sounded like must winning it and best winning it. Um before time expired, just for yourself by checking out the clip at the top. Okay, so you're right there, Sajak told her as the as the correct answer was revealed. So close, Alexa uh, replied. Say Jack then repeat revealed, excuse me, um, revealed the correct answer. Um, uh, would have been worth one hundred thousand dollars. Um, Elisiden groans from the last of you. Audience fans were quick to come to Alexa's defense, claiming she was robbed of a hefty sum. Bro, the girl literally said just winging it immediately. One enraged Twitter user said, Wheel of Fortune, you totally ripped her off 100K. Uh, <laughs> um, she said winging, winging, paused and winning, and there was nothing else that made sense. Another fan said, another Wheel of Fortune failed. Uh, others were not so convinced she said winging as opposed to winning in her initial answer. Will Fortune claimed, oh, excuse me, Will Fortune, um, she clearly said just winning it, not winging, so everyone trolling past Ajax should stop. A user said of the host who has led the game show since 1981, damn! This is not the first time Sajak and the game show have come under fire last month. <laughs> Fans claim the show gave a contestant a puzzle that was simply too obscure to be considered reasonable. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. All right. Um, Hold on. Bria Cinderella, man. Uh, long time no see, man. I've been kind of, I've been kind of busy with um not just work but with um podcasting you know what i'm saying but anyway um let me just continue here man with um <laughs> with some tv stuff tv topics um kick cuddy kick cuddy um according to vibe is adding another notch to his television resume the 39 year old has been tapped for knuckles a sonic the hedgehog spinoff series the inter 
galactic artist shared his excitement via Instagram on Monday, April 17th. When life has more dreams for you to fulfill, the Grammy winner wrote with a smile emoji. It's lit. Hashtag Knuckles at Paramount Plus. He also shared a photo of his cat, Sweets, laying on a stuffed animal version of Knuckles on Twitter, writing, Sweets is happy and and excited about the Knuckles show. Knuckles, set to appear on Paramount Plus, is based on the video game-turned-film character of the same name who was one of Sonic's foes before the A became friends. Um... The series, he embarks on an emotional journey while training his protege Wade on how to be an um, an Echidna warrior, um, Deadline reports. Um, Let me see. Kid Cudi will stand next to acting legends as Idris Alba is set to reprise his role as Knuckles and Tika Sum- Sumter will reprise her role as Maddie. Other cast members include Eddie Patterson, Julian Barrett, and, and Ellie Taylor. Knuckles is currently in production set between Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Sonic the Hedgehog 3. The series will release in December 2024. As for music, Kid Cudi is gearing up to headline Lyrical Lemonade's Summer Smash Festival, A Lost Eye Future, and Playboy Cardi, which I don't really listen to. The festival will be held at Chicago's SeatGeek Stadium from June 23rd to June 25th. Lil Uzi Vert, Glorilla, Trippy Red, Ice Spice, and Central C are also billed as performers for the weekend. All right, so up next, <clears throat> up next, what we have here is, um, what we have here is, uh, wait a minute here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, what is it? What is it? Um, with a Chloe Bailey, yes, Chloe, Chloe Bailey, right? Um, Okay, so Chloe Bailey is responding to some of the backlash she got for her intimate sex scene in the new Amazon Prime video series, Swarm. During the series premiere, the actress who plays character Marissa Jackson has an explicit scene with actor Damson Idris, who plays her boyfriend, Khaled. Um, After the premiere, some fans on Twitter were not too happy about it, but in an interview with E.T. Canada, Bailey admitted that she laughed off the criticism. I was laughing about it, Bailey told the outlet. She continued explaining that she was proud of the show and her performance. I am really proud of my performance in that show and being on set with such incredible actors like Dancing Idris and Dominique Fishback and being directed by Donald Glover and being on set with the likes of Malia Obama and Janine Neighbors and everybody, she said. The actress also added that she had a great experience while filming the series as she learned so much about the craft. And um, 
and and um, I learned so much, so much being on this on that set. She said, also learned that it's okay to be imperfect as an actor because that's where the realness lies. We're not supposed to play like the perf this perfectly built human being because that doesn't exist in the real world. So when I let go, when I let that go, acting became an even deeper love for me. Some fans have flocked to Twitter to discuss their dislike for the scene calling the NSFW moment unnecessary and uncomfortable. The racy clip also brings an and actress Dominic um, Fishback, who plays Dre, the sister of Bailey's character, Marissa. Um, Dre comes to the door of, the, of their bedroom and watches what's happening when Idris' character, Khaled, sees her and gives her a wink. De he then continues to have sex with Marissa. Um, the new series, Swarm, is based on a rumor about a woman who allegedly committed suicide after listening to Beyonce's 2016 album Lemonade, according to Vulture. It was created by Donald Glover and Janine Neighbors and also stars cele celebrities like Billie Eilish and Paris Jackson. At this year's South by Southwest Festival, Bailey, um, Bailey, uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yes. Yes, South by Southwest Festival um, barely spoke um, more about filming and that Idris made her feel comfortable. Okay. Um, yes. Um, hold on a minute here. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Yes, yeah, so um spoke more yeah, South by Southwest Bailey spoke more about filming and said that Idris made her feel comfortable. As open and liberal as I am about my body, I was very scared because I haven't had that many partners, she said while in a conversation with Deadline. Um, she said about Idris, I'm not like that, like that sexual and open. Damson made it really comfortable. You know, there, um, there were limited people on set. It was a closed set. And a second season of Swarm has yet to, hold on a second, a second season a swarm has yet to be confirmed, according to L. Bailey uh, will play the main role of an aspiring musician in an upcoming Peacock series, Praise This, which is already out right now. So you can check that out. Um, check that. You can check out Swarm on on Amazon Prime right now, and check out her latest movie, Praise This. Okay, so let's see what else we have here in the TV world here we need to get to. Um, before we get to the movie, The Simpsons, one of my favorite TV shows, one of my favorite TV shows known for making predictions and shit, um, 
Fans of The Simpsons have once again noticed that the longtime cartoon series seemingly predicted real-life events years before they happened, this time involving Michelangelo's David. A principal at the charter school in Tallahassee, Florida, resigned last week after parents complained about a Renaissance art lesson involving Michelangelo's iconic unclothed David statue, with one parent even calling it pornographic. Oh my gosh. People have realized that situation is is eerie, eerily similar to the 1990 episode of The Simpsons titled Itchy and Scratchy and Marge. <laughs> Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> um in in the episode Marsh forms an activist group called uh, Springfieldians for nonviolence, understanding and helping to petition the creators of the cartoon Itchy and Scratchy to remove violence from their show. But members of the organization later ask her to also lead a petition against the abomination that is the statue of David. After it arrives in Springfield, as they feel he graphically portrays parts of the human body, which practical as they may be, are evil. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I remember seeing that episode, too, man. I remember seeing that shit. Um, so then Marge appears on an episode of the fictitious news program Smartline to discuss whether David is a masterpiece or it's just some guy with his pants down. To her gross dismay, Marge calls the statue a work of art and urges everyone in town to go see it. And uh, fans of the show took to Twitter to discuss the, the thirty. The show's 33-year-old prediction come to life. A reminder that the early years of The Simpsons sharply noted and satirized the moral panic of the right. Here they are 30 years ago talking about Michelangelo's David one user wrote. Normally, I'm not all about the, the Simpsons predict the future thing, but this is like spot fucking on. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, another omitted. The 1990s ep episode of The Simpsons featured Michelangelo's David. Children at home watch. Mine did anyway. Another share. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course you would. Of course you would. Um, Hold on. Of course you would. <laughs> yeah, of course you would. Um. Um, if you ask me, um, the real outrage about that Florida statue of David story is that the writer, the 2023 writers room is is so out of new ideas that they are stealing material from The Simpsons. Another theorized, the episode unearthing is just the latest example in a string of previous prescient installments. Last fall. Elon Musk gave credit to The Simpsons for predicting his Twitter takeover, and fans suggested that the animated classic forecast Donald Trump's 2024 presidential run in a 2015 episode. Other episodes seemingly predicted Queen Elizabeth's death, as well as the short-lived tenure of British Prime Minister Liz Truss. Okay, um, let me see. Let's trust. All right, I'm out to. I'm out to. 
All right, let's cut to the chase with um Gran Turismo. Um, there's a movie, there's a movie based on the video game, which we will get to right here, which is the movie Man Cave Popcorn. Let's get into it right here. Let's get into it right here, man. And I didn't think this was gonna be a thing until I read the story. So I didn't think this was gonna be a thing. So I did not think this was gonna be a thing though. Um you know what I mean? So let's get to come on. All right. Um okay, so here it is. Here it is. All right. Um. All right. So, Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo, the movie is a thing. It's not a joke. And this is from MotorTrend.com. All right. So, while it's true that millions of car fans and gamers around the world have played the Gran Turismo series of racing sim games, we're still pretty sure very few of them ever stopped and and said this would make a great movie. But Sony and PlayStation Productions have confirmed a filmed adaptation of Gran Turismo is slated to hit theaters in 2023 on the heels of the Gran Turismo 7 game release earlier this year. We wouldn't blame you if you first reaction to this news is, wait, what? So, let's see. Let's see. Um, Let me see this shit, though. So the Gran Turismo film has been 10 years in the making. News of this film might come as a shock, but you may be more surprised to know Sony has kicked the, this idea around for years. The rap first reported on the possibility of a Gran Turismo movie years ago in 2013, revealing that 50 Shades of Grey producers Mike DeLuca and Dana Brunelli, Brunelli Brunetti um, were behind the project. Watchmen co-writer Alex um, C. was on board to write the script. While the news first broke in 2013, reports say the film originally started development as early as 2010. <laughs> Two years later, the Hollywood Reporter revealed that Top Gun Maverick director Josh Cus Kosinski was in talks to direct the Gran Turismo film. The, the, at the time, Kosinski was fresh off helming Tron Legacy and Oblivion. Reports that said Kosinski wanted to develop a new script with the studio rather than use um, C screenplay. Um, that may have been a deal breaker since Kosinski eventually left the project. Um, so the Gran Turismo movie would drop in August. After seven years with no updates, you would be forgotten to think the Gran Turismo movie was probably canceled. However, THR recently reported that not only is the film still happening, it has a new director and a release date. Um, according to the report, Neil Blomkamp, 
who directed films like District 9, Elysium, and Chappie, will helm the GT film. Sony Pictures and PlayStation Productions um, target August 11, 2023 as the release date. All right, so the GT film is still alive, has a new director, and even a release date. However, the question remains, what the heck would this movie even be about? Yeah, Marky Calendars, August 11, 2023. You can watch the trailer of, of the Gran Turismo trailer on YouTube. Um, you may already know the story. When the Gran Turismo movie was first revealed, the big question was the story. After all, how does a studio make a film ad adaptation of a game that doesn't have a narrative? The answer is not adapting the game, but adapting a TV show instead of instead a show based on the Gran Turismo Academy competition, which put a group of the world's top Gran Turismo players who had no previous professional racing experience through a gauntlet of physical and driving challenges. The winner was given a seat on a real racing team with a contract. It was a global contest, a global contest with regional competitions in Europe, Asia, and North America. Um, and Lucas Ordonez won the first European competition in 2008, which led to a real-life racing career. Uh, other other winners followed, some likewise uh, forging lasting um, real-world motorsport careers. Another notable European winner is Jan Martinborough, who beat 90,000 other players in 2011 and went on to race for Nissan at Lee Mans and in the Super GT series. Maddenborough has also raced for Callan in GP2 and GP3. Um, in 2011, Sony produced a reality show called GT Academy. The premise of the show was the same as the existing competition. The show originally premiered in North America on the, the now defunct Speed Channel, but episodes can still be found on PlayStation's YouTube channel. Um, in a 2013 interview with Collider Brunetti, essentially confirmed the film's plot will be based on the premise of the GT Academy reality show. A lot of people are like, how the hell do you make a movie out of a video game that's basically a driving simulator? And actually the story is they did an online competition where they narrowed it down from 25,000 people competing online, Brunelli, Brunetti said. The top two, they then took and put in the 24 hours of the by race and they are now race car drivers so the movie that we're gonna do is kind of really a wish fulfillment fantasy that this kid plays this video game and ultimately goes from this video game to actually racing the race cars um <clears throat> there you have it you if you watch the gt academy reality show then you pretty much know how things will play out assuming that plans haven't changed with a new director on board is kazunori Yama, Yama, yamuchi involved anyone who, who follows gran turismo games closely is aware that franchise director Kaz, kazunori yamuki is 
very hands-on and has a reputation as a perfectionist. It's natural to think he will have direct involvement in the GT movie. However, the in an initial reports, it wasn't immediately obvious if he will have a hand in the film. Uh, we reached out to Sony Pictures and PlayStation Productions to ask how involved um, Yamuchi and the Gran Turismo game development um, team will be. Uh, we reached the following exclusive response. PlayStation um, Productions um, projects look to involve the creators of the IP, and we're happy to confirm that Kazunori uh, Yamuchi is an executive producer on the film. Now in the weird world, wild world of Hollywood, the term executive producer has a broad spectrum of meanings. We can only speculate to what um, degree Yamuchi will have control over the creative direction of the Grand Tourism movie. Um, however, if his history with the game is any indication, he will work closely with the studio. Will a Gran Turismo movie work? Well, so films like Sonic the Hedgehog and Uncharted seem to have broken the dreaded video game movie curse. But can any racing video game be properly adapted for the big screen? We're Gran Turismo fans, but a, a movie, it seems like an odd IP for a movie studio to take on, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad idea. Although the fact the film is based on a short-lived reality show, not the game itself, and may lean on a wish fulfillment fantasy has our eyebrows raised to Dwayne Johnson levels. To be fair, um, there is still more than a year before the Gran Turismo movie is set to hit theaters, so we're going to reserve judgment until at least the first trailer drops. In the meantime, we'll keep fulfilling our own wishes by trying to actually win a Gran Turismo 7 online race. You can check that out on, you can check out the trailer on YouTube. I ain't get a chance to see it yet, but speaking of um, movies, um, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy took the number one spot in the box office, according to Variety. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the conclusion to Marvel's trilogy about an extra extraterrestrial crew of misfits, kicked off with $118 million in its domestic box office debut due to a better-than-expected turnout on Sunday. Monday's final um, tally was higher than the weekend's estimate of $114 million. Uh, those ticket sales ranked as the second biggest opening weekend of the year behind the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is in second place right now with $146 million. Despite the towering figure, the film ever so lightly uh, missed expectations of $120 million when arrived considerably, considerably uh, behind its predecessor, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 which debuted to $146 million in 2017. It's a jump on the first Guardians of the, Ga Guardians of the Galaxy, um, which introduced the world of Chris Pratt's Star-Lord and his friends and opened to $94 million in 2014. At the international box office, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 added $170 million from 52 markets, bringing its global tally to $289 million. In China, which was 
once a huge territory for Marvel, but has been increasingly hostile towards most Hollywood movies. The the comic book the requel uh, collected a better than expected $28 million to start. Premium large formats, including IMAX and Dolby, accounted for 40% of the film's opening weekend ticket sales. IMAX alone delivered uh, delivered $10.7 million in North America and $25 million globally. We expect a strong audience response to um, yield a long, successful run at the box office, says the company's CEO, Rich um, Gelfond. For Volume 3, the next few weeks will be crucial as summer movie season kicks into high gear with Fast 10, which is um, Fast 10 is going to be Fast 10 is going to kill the Little Mermaid, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fast 10 is going to kill kill it at number one in the box office. I'm sorry. But <laughs> uh, Fast 10 on May 19th and the Little Mermaid on May 26th. <laughs> Disney superhero sequel needs to sustain momentum, momentum against those tent poles to avoid the same anonymous fate as fellow Marvel installment Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which ignited earlier this year to, to a mighty $106 million before immediately collapsing at the box office. Damn. Um, Yes. Collapsing at the box office. Okay. Um, <laughs> shit. Did it really? Uh, did it really collapse at the box office? Wow. Um, yeah, it did. Damn. It failed to reach $500 million worldwide, ending that trilogy on a low note and reinforcing the narrative that Disney's uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is struggling to maintain its luster as an A-list franchise. Behind, bear in mind, says David A. Gross, who runs the movie consulting firm franchise, um, entertainment research for superheroes average is in the stratosphere gun return to write and direct volume three which hit which is his final marvel movie before he takes the reins at the rival comic book man of dc studios in the past the guardians movies have been promising box office performance um the first film ended its theatrical run with 30 333 million dollars domestically and 773 million dollars globally while the follow-up um tapped out with 389 million dollars domestically and 863 million dollars globally um heading into the summer there were predictions that volume three would break records by the time it leaves theaters but that's no longer a guarantee um, however, the studio is hoping that positive word of mouth, including the film's A, a grade on cinema score and 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, prolongs its life in theaters. Okay, so elsewhere at the box off, at the domestic box office, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 ended the four week box office reign of Universal. Illumination and Nintendo's animated the Super Mario Brothers movie, which slid to second place with $18.6 million from 3,909 theaters. It's the highest grossing film of the year with 
518 million dollars domestically and um 1.15 billion dollars globally Another newcomer of Sony's romantic comedy, Love Again, majority flop with $2.4 million from 2,703 venues. The film starring Priyanka Chopra Jonas and set against a backdrop of Celine Dion's discography earned a B cinema score and holds a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, which doesn't point to a long life in theaters. Luckily, it only cost $9 million to produce. Love Again landed in fifth place behind Holdovers, the Horror Squad sequel, um, Evil Dead Rise, and and literally adaptation Are You Dare God? It's Me, Margaret. Evil Dead Rise, a supernatural sequel from Warner Brothers and New Line, took third place with $5.7 million from 3,036 theaters in its third weekend of release. Um, it's new, it's been a solid box office performer with $54 million in North America and $110 million um, globally. Making those returns even sweeter, the $15 million budget budget budgeted um, film was originally intended to release on HBO Max before getting a traditional theatrical release at number four, um, Lionsgate's adaptation of Judy Bloom's seminal novel added $3.38 million in its second weekend of release. Unfortunately for a $30 million budgeted film, its great reviews didn't translate into ticket sales. It's generated just $12.6 million to date. Okay, um... Okay, one more thing we need to talk about here before we wrap up here involving HPO. It involves HPO um, and the merger. So we got to talk about that too. So let's see. Where is this? And I'm sorry if I don't have time to get to Travis Scott. I don't have time to get to Travis Scott. I'm sorry. Um, I'm just trying to finish this as possible. Okay, so um, okay, two fifty four. All right, cool. Um, another um, so it's not HBO Max. So I've been seeing um a bus ad in, involving the ch- a change um that says Max. So we're gonna talk about it right here. <coughs> All right, um, it's not HBO Max. Soon, it's just going to be Max, which is pretty dumb. Warner Bros. Discovery officially announced Max as the new name as its flagship streamer. Um, <clears throat> lopping off the HBO part of the name as it mixes in a big bucket of new content from Discovery Plus and other new original series. The company announced the name change at the press um, event Wednesday, where it also revealed a slate of upcoming um, projects. The rebuilt Max um, is set to launch first in the U.S. on May 23rd. 
uh, featuring what the company promises will be an average of more than 40 new titles and TV TV show seasons every month. Max is the one to watch. WBD CEO David um, um, Zaslav um, said on, on stage at the event, Featuring thousands of shows and movies on service for every member of the household. Um, and according to the service um, website, Max will be available in three different versions. The first two plane plans align with the existing HBO Max pricing and WBD said current HBO Max customers will not see their price pricing change for now when the new service debuts. The third tier Max Ultimate expands to up to four streams and include includes 4K content. The trio of options are um, are uh, Max Ad Light nine dollars and ninety nine cents or dollars and ninety nine cents year. Two co concurrent streams. 1080p HD re- resolution, no offline downloads, 5.1 surround sound quality, max ad free, $15.99, $15.99 a month or four, $149.99 a year, two concurrent streams, 1080 HD up to 30 offline downloads, 5.1 sound quality, max ultimate ad free, um, $19.99 um, month or $199.99 a year for concurrent streams up to 4K Ultra HD resolution, 100 offline downloads, Dolby Atmos sound quality. Warner Bros. Discovery in January hiked the price of HBO Max without ads from $14.99 to $15.99 per month in the U.S. While the ads supported, um, plan stayed at $9.99 a month. The ultimate, um, the Max Ultimate tier will have an expanded catalog of content available in 4K UHD. Um, including from franchises such as Game of Thrones, The Last of Us, Harry Potter, The Lord of the Rings, The Dark Knight Trilogy, and more. In addition, all Warner Brothers movies released this year and in the future will also be available in 4K UHD um, when they arrive on Max following their theatrical windows, the company announced. Um why did the company decide to drop HBO from the HBO Max name? J.B. Um, Perrette, president and CEO of Global Streaming and Games for Warner Brothers Discovery, explained the thinking behind the rebrandings while saying HBO will be preserved as a brand within the Max fold. We all love HBO, and it's a brand that has been built over five decades to stand for edgy groundbreaking entertainment for adults perrette said but it's not exactly where parents would most eagerly drop off their kids and yet warner brothers discovery has some of the best known kids characters animations and brands in the industry not surprisingly the category has not met his true potential on hbo max at the same time 
we also want to honor and embrace where we've come from. Perrette added, um, calling it the most iconic trailblazing um, brand in entertainment. HBO is not TV. HBO is HBO. It needs to stay that way, which is why we will pri- we will privilege it in the product um, experience and also not push it to the breaking point by forcing it to take on the full breadth of this new content proposition. In the Q&A with reporters at the event, Casey Bloys, chief content officer of HBO and Max, elaborated on the decision to drop HBO from from the HBO Max name. Then the same people who are concerned today about taking HBO out of the name, a lot of cases of our the same people who are outraged that HBO was put in the name in the first place, that it was called HBO Max. He said, it was a lot of, how what, How was HBO going to be put next to the Big Bang Theory? So I understand and appreciate the passion that people feel for the HBO brand and protecting and believing. Nobody believes that more than me and my team but as i said before it's a premium brand it's not it is not designed to take on everything in the library or in the streaming service even before um discovery bought warner media perrette Bloys and zaslav heavily debated the name change for the streaming service according to perrette the execs did look fairly briefly at various alternatives that could include warner or include warner wb or could include the hbo brand perrette said and we just felt like that was sort of not necessary. We had Max, which was short, tight, says something universal. Yes, the risk was ultimately that it's sort of maybe less honorable because it's a common word. But the flip side is that also made it very approachable and very easy. And when, frankly, we found ourselves talking about the service, the shorthand was always max we never said even hbo we would just say it's on max um damn son perez said uh the newly rebuilt max platform will be easier to use and with simplified um navigation and we'll have more personalization features than HBO Max. Max will feature a more prominent experience for kids with a new default kids profile for new subscribers, along with accompanying parental uh, controls. Parental controls. Um, Max will also feature a new video playback experience to deliver smooth and cinematic video to users according to wbbd all right um i don't think I, well let's see i don't think i'm gonna be able to uh let's see let's see let's see let's see let's see yeah um yeah i could check out variety and the rest of the information for yourselves um variety.com slash 2023 digital news hbo max renamed max pricing launching which is going to happen may 23 20- 
May 23rd. Uh, mark your calendars, and of course, you're going to be disappointed that HBO is no longer going to be uh, it's no longer going to be there anymore. So, um, all right, so time for um, things to do for the weekend. All right, time for time for things to do for the weekend. Let me just get to things to do for the weekend. I already covered LA and New York, so <sighs> real quick, real quick, real quick. Um, all right, real quick. Um, real quick. Um, yeah, I know. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, six things to do for the weekend. Let's take a look. Um, of course, May 12th is the music of. Curiosities 100 Annual Comedy Music Friendship Awards, um, of course, w- which will um, officially kick back, kick off with the 100 Annual Comedy Music Friendship Awards, a Adatus satire of an award show at 8 p.m. that night. Performances at the show will include comedian Tony Zaret, uh, comedy group Simple Town, Transform Punk Band, TDA, and Glam Rock Avante Comedy Project, um, Theophobia. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Um, so it's located at 1208 Surfair Avenue, Brooklyn, New York at 8 p.m. and it's $20. Uh, the shops at Skyview and Sephora grand opening event. The shops at Skyview is thrilled to be welcoming Sephora in this May. To celebrate this opening, shoppers can enjoy scratch cards and giveaways from Sephora brand ambassadors, a live DJ, um, drinks and treats. The shops at Skyview is located at 40-24 College Point Boulevard in Queens, New York, 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. for free. Um, Saturday, May 13th, City Field Spring Carnival. Experience the sights, sounds, and aromas of the electrifying midway with exciting rides and games and deep fried treats, sweets, and other carnival eats. Um, and it's located at um 41 Seaver Way, Queens, New York, from noon to 10 p.m. And it's $5. Rides prices vary. Bird Bonanza, come out to celebrate, especially those that are currently migrating through NYC at the Randall's Island Bird Bonanza. The entire day will be dedicated to our flying feathered friends with activities and long games for all ages. Randall's Island Urban Farm um, Wards um, Wards Metal Loop is where it's located. Um, it starts from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. for free. And, of course, finally, Sunday, May f- May 14th, which is uh, Mother's Day weekend. Mother's Day pop-up sustainable and zero waste. Looking for sustainable gifts to surprise your mom this Mother's Day. This collection features eco-friendly and socially responsible products that con- contributes to fighting climate change, poverty, hunger, inequality and pollution show your love for your mom and the planet at the same time 
And this is Frenchy Coffee, and it's located at 129 um, e- East East 102nd Street, Manhattan, New York, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for free. And Outdoor Adventures Mother's Day Celebration, take a walk on the wild side. Families discover amazing animal uh, adaptations and survival strategies through fun activities at exhibits throughout the zoo. Central Park Zoo is located at 64th Street and 5th Avenue, Manhattan, New York, 10 a.m. And it's going to be between $25, $20 for zoo members. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um. S Snuggies podcast, man. Thank you for viewing this. Appreciate you. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me just make some noise. Let me just do the. Uh... All right, one moment. Um, one six. Okay, it's one six. Um, actually, let me just. Yes, here we go. Um. So, um, it's interesting. Um, let me just get, come on, let me just get this out of here. Um, yes, here we go. Here we go. Okay, um, all right. Um, what's the other? Uh, oh, there's another place I wanted to mention too. Actually, I forgot to mention. Um, what is it? Oh, the lights are back at the. Wait a second here. Wait a second. Do I have that on that list? Do I have that on that list though? Yes, I do. Um. Uh, okay. So. Yes, I do. NYS, um, yes, NYS, um, yes, here we go. So, um, with the first phase of the $24 million structural repair work on the New York State um, Pivian in Flushing Meadows Corona Park completed, NYC Parks on April 15th flipped the switch on the newly added dynamic architectural lightning illuminating the pavian's tent of tomorrow in towers parks green to mark the occasion the, the new architectural lights on the towers and tent will now be lit every night seven days a week and follow a specific schedule for holidays and special events perhaps the most iconic landmark in our parks um system the nys pivian in flushing um corona flushing meadows corona park is a reminder of our city's historic past and and a beacon towards the future nyc parks commissioner sue donna donna donahue um said in quote as we light the towers and tent of tomorrow in celebration of the completion of this stabilization and lighting work we look forward to further renovations on the pivian to ensure this landmark continues to inspire and delight visitors for decades to come 
Um, the scope of the work at the Pivian included the replacement of the deteriorated suspension cables, repairs to sprawling concrete at the observation towers, replacement of the of the at great grade concrete plaza slab and repair of the historic concrete piers and fencing at the plaza level a full electro electrical upgrade to the towers replaced um conduits installed in the 1960s and new waterproofing protects the new electrical system the observation stairs were um <laughs> uh, replaced to provide access to maintenance um this is a major milestone in the effort to once again make the nys flushing meadows corona park pivian a pop a pu popular public space queensborough president donovan Richards said in quote along with brightening our skies the lighting of the pivian will brighten the hearts of queen's residents both young and old especially those who have fond memories of attending the 1964 world's fair thanks to this important restoration work new generations of residents and visitors will be able to make memories when they visit the iconic and brilliantly illuminated structure the 24 million dollar project is funded by a one a 13.1 million dollars um, allocation from the office of the Queensborough president, nine million dollars from the mayor's office, and 1.9 million dollars from the city council. Uh, well deserved congratulations and recognition to everyone involved in the repair of the NYS Pivian Towers, Councilman uh, Francisco Moyer said. This masterful piece of architecture is a public space that was kept closed for so long but this renovation will keep it moving forward and will definitely help our community uh the the new york state pivian pivian um was constructed for the 1964 uh, world's fair in flushing um meadows corona park after the world's fair closed the pivian was transferred to nyc parks which which found temporary uses uh for the site including uh as a roller skating rink and as a concert venue that featured led zeppelin santana and 10 years after but no long but no long-term plan was ever implemented leaving the tent of tomorrow and towers shuttered for nearly half a century for nearly 60 years the ny as Pivian Towers intent of tomorrow has stood tall above Queen's beloved jewel. Flushing Meadows, Flushing Meadows can run apart, re representing hope during challenging and changing times, said Anthony Sama. And, and the NYC Parks FMCP administrator and the Alliance for um Flushing Meadows can run apart, executive director. Now, decades later, it illuminates our skyline once again shining brightly on our vibrant and thriving park um, welcoming it's more than 10 million annual visitors we congratulate nyc parks for on this great achievement phase two of the project is currently in the planning stages which would bring increased stability to the structures and allow for limited guided um, tours of the towers in the future
All right. Um, I don't have time to get to Travis Scott, so I'm gonna have to save that topic for another time. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into our last segment of the night. Last segment of the night um is going to be last segment of the night is going to be stream choices on the go. Let's get into it right here, right now. Of course, y'all know what to do, man. And um, you like what you heard in today's episode. If you like what you heard in today's episode, as far as the topics and episode 265 titled, each of you out there got on the game face. All right. So you can show your love by following um following off the meat rat chains um new york avenue of course actually i didn't have room for um avenue on the username so i'm just gonna leave it like that so off the meat rat chains new york podcast on facebook and instagram alongside with um sports platform um excellent fun vibrant talks podcast and my review show meticulous vibes podcast um is also on the gram as well as myself um your homie right here, G Money Stacks, um, on on the primary handle of G Money Stacks, um, triple five in in Queens, New York is also on there as well. And make sure you follow um, make sure you follow Rod on his podcast, the friend the friend zone pod no, yeah the friend zone podcast, yeah yeah um. If I'm not mistaken, hold on. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, let me just make sure I got the name right too. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Let me make sure I get the name right. Yeah. Yeah, the Friends Pod. Make sure you follow Rod on the Friends Pod on Instagram as well. And shouts to him for being on Instagram Live with me on the podcast show page, man. Thank you so much for being, for, for being um, a guest on the podcast Instagram live feed. I really appreciate this, man. Thank you so much, man. And, um, and if you go to the link in bio, you're going to see a whole list of all your streaming platforms, which will, um, which I will mention to you. And um, link tree slash G money stacks, triple five, you're going to see a whole list of all your streaming platforms that you can download to your iPhones, Android phones, alongside with um, alongside with um, iPads, Android tablets, laptops includes um, Apple, Mac, um, Dell laptop models, including Windows, and um, and yeah. And there you have it. There you have it right there. And listen, listen. Um, you can you can listen to the episodes on Audacity, Audible, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Bullhorn FM, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Pod Bay, Pod Friend, Pod Ham, Pod Opolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Attic. Podchaser, Podverse, Podcast Guru, Podvine, Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, um, 
Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcast. You don't need a credit card or debit card to download the app and along with other apps as well. And, of course, you can make sure you follow um, three of my podcasts that I just mentioned on Instagram, on iHeartRadio as well. Make sure you subscribe and all that other stuff. And finally, finally, you finally make sure you grab the subscribe button on the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555 and do the same with my other two YouTube channel pages of Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, um, the sports YouTube channel of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast. All right. Click on the Noni Noni bell alongside with um, alerts so you can be reminded of when the show goes in the air via live stream along with the date and time of the podcast episode recording. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and the topics that's being discussed. Um, in view, and if, um, I will make a question in regards to the AI thing with Drake and alongside with the HBO Max thing. So um so stick so stay tuned for that and um and of course and of course share the episodes share the videos download the episodes um be sure to listen stream and watch the episodes in case you miss any of the new episodes whatsoever don't worry and you can leave a five-star rating on Podchaser, Podfriend, and alongside with spotify as well leave a review you can leave a review you can share the episodes on spotify as well so there you have it right there and of course tell a friend to another friend and spread the word word of mouth is important and alongside with um and alongside with um, sharing the link that says Linktree slash G Money Stacks Triple Five, um, which is five 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 by the way, and and alongside with the podcast with your husbands, wives, your boyfriends, girlfriends, friends, the people you cool with from work, alongside with um, you know festivals, um, barbershops, um, you know birthday parties carnivals amusement parks block parties um and um yeah barbecues birthday parties and and, and everything else in between okay thank you very much to every single one of you who is listening right now and thank you to rod from the friends podcast make sure you follow that podcast on instagram and of course you can listen to that show on spotify and wherever you get your podcasts and everything else in between um i appreciate every single one of you and you know remember the grind doesn't stop hard work pays off um if you want something you have to work hard and and earn it New York wasn't built in a day. And, and of course, be sure to look for some look for something, look for your niche, find your voice, be true to yourself. Um, be true to yourself and um be sure to be sure to um you know look and find something that clicks to you. Um that gets you smiling creatively, mentally, physically, and spiritually. 
of course, checking in one, with one another, which is very important in, in advance of Mental Health Awareness Month of March. I call it Mental Health Check-In of May. So, you know what I'm saying? So, anyway, um, be sure to, be sure to, you know, be sure to, you know, be careful out there and everything else in between. And, you know, you know, find your, find your, find your um, what's, when's, why's, how's, um, and everything else in between. Find your niche um, that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision. All right. So thank you very much to every single one of you, including Rod from the Friends podcast that came to the live stream on Instagram Live. I appreciate you. And hopefully next time I'll have him on here and along with um, um, Sean from Sensibly Cynical Podcast. So you never know. So you want to stick around, stay tuned, and all that great stuff. Peace and one love. I hope y'all enjoy yourselves, and and I hope y'all and um got got some um shopping done for Mother's Day. Enjoy your Mother's Day weekend to all the moms out there and everything else in between. Thank you for listening, tuning in, listening, rocking with me. Appreciate you. Peace and one love. Good night, everybody. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY podcast, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, Previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend to 
other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.